type 1 diabetes really is the most awful disease. About 8% of people with diabetes in the UK have type 1 diabetes. It's a serious and lifelong uh, condition. Over time, high, high blood sugar levels can damage your heart, your eyes, your feet, your kidneys. And these are known as the complications of diabetes. Well, in 2022, a little girl named Summer Caddis fell critically ill. And such is the levels of misunderstanding around the disease, doctors and hospitals wrongly diagnosed her symptoms. And that proved to be a near fatal misunderstanding. Well, thankfully, now 10 years old and approaching her exams, Summer has made a full recovery with the help of her father and they're fighting to raise money and awareness to help fund research that might eventually totally eradicate this awful, awful disease. Summer is, of course, the 10-year-old daughter of Swindon Town's two-time league-winning captain and former Celtic, Birmingham, Blackburn and Bradford star Paul Caddis. And Paul's brought over 40 Swindon Town legends, past and present, back to the county ground today for an evening of football fun under the floodlights. Well, if you're listening to this, it's unlikely that you're able to make the match, but please do give all you can to Paul's fundraiser by visiting GoFundMe and searching Paul Caddis. You'll notice Paul appears right at the top of your search. And the legends aren't just on the pitch. Making his long-awaited return to the Swindon Town Airwaves tonight is a truly iconic voice of Swindon Town's golden era, Vic Morgan. And one half of Swindon Town's official kitman duo, Steve Hooper, who's going to be taking over from me as I drift off into the the night sky, microphone in hand. Well, both of them are going to be providing you with full match commentary via the Sir Tom Broadbent Lounge tonight. Good evening, gentlemen. Good evening evening, to you, Hannes. I hope all is well and it should be a splendid evening on what is a decent evening. It's a bit breezy up here in the old commentary box, but hopefully the pitch looks in decent condition for the end of the season. There's a lot of grass on it, which is extraordinary, isn't it? In the days of sand and all that kind of thing. But uh, hoping for a good atmosphere. People are drifting in, so it should be a good night. I've just had, I mean, some of the most wonderful experiences, Vic, already um, have just been had in the Players' Tunnel. Um, I've just been rubbing shoulders with Lee Barnard, you'll remember, of course, from the glory years of the Lou Macari era. Um, and just tickling over into the start of the Aussie Ardiles era. And Lee was just giddy as a kid. Just stood there. He just cannot believe that he's back um, for another opportunity to um, tread the balls at the county ground. And I think one of my favourite meetings so far has been with a certain Marcus Fjortoft, who is going to be making his county ground debut here tonight. Um, and his dad over uh, over in Norway, uh, sorry, in Germany tonight, in fact, is eagerly awaiting um, news updates of Marcus's exploits on his former stomping ground. And just as I'm finished talking to Marcus, Paul Bowden walks out the training ground, uh, out the changing room, rather. And of course, Paul Bowden um, playing his very, very last game of competitive football tonight. Um, Paul's not expecting to ever lace up his boots again in anger. And Paul looked at me bemused as to who's this kind of rather interesting looking six foot four inch monster I'm talking to in the uh, in the tunnel. And when I, of course, introduced him as a certain Mr. Fjortov, yeah, Paul nearly lost consciousness because last time Paul saw Marcus, Marcus was in a nappy. So um, a really, really interesting night tonight. We've got Brian Howard, who's due to play literally a week or two before he has hip replacement surgery, but he's making the effort tonight for Paul. We've got Chris Hammond from the Premier League era, of course, and Chris is turning out, um, having flown all the way here from the Channel Islands. Um, we've got Oggy Hunt, of course. He was also part of the um, 1993 promotion squad from that brilliant day in Wembley. And that's not the end of it. Paul Caddis has brought family along, but we've got Summer Caddis leading out the teams today. And that's going to be a really, really special moment. So, But listen, tonight it's all about you guys up in the commentary box. I'm so chuffed you're willing to take my place, Steve Hooper. So have a lot of fun with literally the most iconic voice 
of my um, of my childhood, the man that helped me fall in love with this football club. I'm sure you're both going to have a blast. It's what he means is I'm old, you see, Steve. That's the whole thing. <laughs> what, what he means is that when I was growing up, you're the voice I heard when I was listening to Swindon. To be fair, I was at the games most of the time. Yeah. But, you know, in the car on the way back or whatever... It was always Vic's voice, so yeah. Well, thank you. I, I appreciate that. It's lovely to be up here and uh, such great memories. Lee Barnard was mentioned just a few moments ago. We talked to him on the sofa a couple of weeks back. He was fantastic, value as always. And of course, uh, who will ever forget that wonderful day at Mansfield uh, when Swindon clinched promotion from the fourth division way, way back in 1986. An incredible day at Mansfield that day. So, lovely memories from Lee. And I have to say, Steve, you'll appreciate this as a kit man. He was doing a proper warm-up just now. He was. I saw him out doing it. He was having a proper go. There isn't anybody else out having a go. I think some of the girls from the from the ladies' team have turned out to have a warm-up. But they're scoring goals at the moment. <laughs> but, um, yeah, no, nobody else out yet. Well, one or two of the players look really quite fit. Matt Taylor looks like Matt Taylor always looks. Always, always. Always. Callum Kennedy looked pretty fit too. Yeah. But one or two, like some of us, have maybe put on the years and uh, that's only to be expected. I mean, I hope nobody pulls a muscle, does anything silly tonight. Brian Howard looked pretty fit, actually, when I saw him just he, now. He plays every year in multiple charity games, in, you know, um, like sponsors games and all sorts of stuff. So we see him all the time. In pre-season, yeah, he's still a player. Yeah, still an absolute player. What about kit? I mean, have you done anything special for this? Uh, well, we've got a kit that we usually use for um, like charity games that the club put on, and that's been worn tonight. And then we've printed up the away kit from this season for the other team. At the end of the game, I'm being told that um, the guys are going to sign their shirts oh, and they're right. going to auction them off, right, to actually raise some more money for the for the charity. So that's really fabulous. Good. Yeah, it should be a great night and. I can see people drifting in, even though it's a Sunday evening at seven o'clock, which is a strange night for football. I can't remember being here at seven o'clock on a Sunday. Never can I. Before. <laughs> <laughs> so it's a strange time really for a football match, but I think it gives the opportunity for a lot of younger people to pop along and some of us older folk to see some of those legends that we've grown up watching. Who are you particularly looking forward to seeing tonight? Um, well, from like my time growing up watching Swindon, you've got your Michael Timlins, your Gerald Eiffels, um, you know, all of those types, like obviously Simon Ferry's playing, which is brilliant. Callum Kennedy, Luke Rooney, there's some there's some proper names in it, to be honest. Was like, and Jonah's on the bench, of course, yes, for the red team, that. so that'll be interesting. Yeah, is he a regular um, player? <laughs> yeah, yeah, he plays in all of the charity stuff over the summer. I would be, but you know, Two Fake says. Don't do that, Steve. Yeah, somebody with um, who's had dental problems myself recently, I, I sympathise. And uh, so I hope it gets better soon. So, oh, yeah, <laughs> exactly. It's not a very pleasant thing to do. Um, right, so we're waiting for the uh, the kickoff, which is in 23 minutes' time, to be precise. There'll be a, a moment or two when they all come out as well. People are beginning to gather. There is refreshments here. If you are still thinking of coming down, by the way, you can pay on the day. Um, entrance, I believe, is through uh, the Legends Lounge. So come along. I think it's 10 quid for adults to get in, five pounds for concessions. So you can have a jolly good night. And uh, a lot of people wearing kits, of course, because I think you can be selected if you're wearing the full kit with a golden ticket to go on and play. Yeah, Hannah's was telling me that if you turn up in a full kit, they're going to pick someone who's going to go on and get some minutes on the pitch, which is class. Because you know, yeah. when, you, when you're growing up or when you're watching and you're a fan or whatever, the chance to play on the pitch as a county ground is like... 
stuff of dreams, really, isn't it? Fantastic. And uh, I, I didn't know what shirt to wear tonight because we've got so many of the darn things. So I just put a, a polo shirt. Polo shirt, yeah, I've got a polo <laughs> shirt as well. But... So it's the easiest thing to do, really. I mean, I could have worn one from the Macari area, the RD Les area, and the Hoddle area, but I thought that looked a bit silly. So I could have just taken one out of the kit room. Yeah, you could have done. Yeah, yeah. Throw yeah. one of them on. But... Yeah. I'd love to go in the kit room one day, Steve. <laughs> <laughs> No, honestly, after the game, we'll go down. Lovely. We'll have a look at That'd be brilliant. And um, the invitation's there for tomorrow night to come on the sofa with Jonah and we'll have yep. a chat. That'd yeah, well, I've spoken to him and I think he's in. Excellent. I think he's keen, so we'll confirm that later. Yeah, that'll be marvellous. Because we should talk about your podcast, of course, which is uh, taking off in a big way. How did that all come about? When did you come up with that idea? Well, we were doing the TikTok for people that might have seen. Um, and basically, for a couple of years, we were just putting videos up of behind the scenes stuff and just the crazy silliness that happens on a daily basis and then we were just thinking about how we could take it forward and what we could what else we could do just to kind of grow because it was almost becoming a little bit of a brand um we spoke to the club clem was really keen you know to get us involved with some of the media stuff so we figured that a podcast was the ideal way to do it i think it's nice for fans to get to know players. And I think the relationship that me and Jonah have with the players means that they're a bit more open with us than they would be with others. So you can really get to know their personalities, which then makes you more invested in the team. Yeah, I, I totally agree. I mean, we, we have them for about 10, 15 minutes when they come on the sofa with us, which is great. But obviously we don't need, we don't find out you know, what they, what their musical tastes are, all that kind of stuff. Because yes. you're too busy asking them about their games, you know, and things like that and stuff. So it is a fine way. I mean, it just goes to show, doesn't it, the, 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 the way things have changed. Because in my day, it was local radio and evening advertiser. And yeah. that was it. Yeah. But now, obviously, we've got our... Um, I think it's a podcast, a vision cast or whatever they call We've got yours. We've got yeah. the, you know, the Sir Tom Broadbank Lounge. We've got uh, Fools Rush In. Loads Stranger. Loads Stranger, of course. Help. So, uh, you know, it, loads and loads of stuff available for Swindon fans, which is fantastic, isn't it? Yeah, no, it's, it's really, really good. There's so much access now. Um, and yeah, I think, just talking about that thing where you feel more connected to the players, obviously we went through working during the COVID pandemic where there was no fans in the ground. And there's players that Swindon fans won't even remember were here because they didn't have that connection with the totally player. Totally right. Yeah. And they didn't come to the ground. And it, So, like, as an example, Johnny Smith, who was at Burton, who was, who was just left Burton, um, he was brilliant for us. We loved him. But fans never got to have any connection with him. So, you know, we, we do, for me and Jonah especially, I, you know, being fans, we see the value very much in there being a connection between player and fan and a relationship there. And if we can do anything that brings those two elements closer, then, yeah, it's worth doing, surely. I mean, when we sat with you at the Christmas dinner for, <clears throat> how can I put this, people of my age, uh, just for Christmas. I did ask you whether you were preparing an iconic number 32 shirt for the return of a certain... What was my answer? Yeah, you, Well, you didn't really give me an answer. You kind of looked <laughs> a very sheepish look and I thought, hmm, that's interesting. And of course, he doesn't wear the number 32 no. or didn't. It's the number 11. But at the return of Charlie Austin, of course, an extraordinary thing for the club. Unbelievable. I mean, I've known Charlie quite a while and I spoke to him quite a lot while he was in Australia. And... Um, yeah, pretty much as soon as he got there, he wanted to come home, you know, and where better to go than come back here and, you know, I mean, to score eight goals and hand away two penalties, you know, since he come back in, it's incredible, really. Like, 
I think he scored a goal every 120 minutes or something because obviously he's been in and out of the team. And well, we spoke to him uh, after his debut again, and um, I said to him there was a lot of dust around that counter ground that day because there were tears in the eyes of a lot of people of a certain age when that yeah. header went in against Grimsby, yeah. which is a fabulous header. And when you watch it, you know, if you were a young player, had a head of football, that was it, wasn't it? Corner of the net, fantastic, yeah, absolutely. And how's he settled in? I mean, it must be difficult because he's an icon coming into a dressing room full of people who aren't necessarily icons. So it must be a difficult thing in a way. I think a lot of the younger boys have fed off him and fed off his energy and they want to learn from him. They were just buzzing. As soon as they heard that he was coming back, people like Tom Clayton, he said, I cannot wait to train with him, train against him, I have to deal with him in training. Like, you know, so I think the boys really took to him. And I think he, he was just... He gave everyone a bit of a lift. Mm. Um, obviously, we lost key players at the same moment. So, it didn't necessarily have the effect in terms of where we wanted to be in the league table. But, yeah, I mean, in coming back, it just gave everyone a lift. I mean, you've only got to look at the crowds since, you know, well, most of the season, but especially since January. Even when we've not been doing well, we've still stayed at sort of nine, nine and a half thousand, which is incredible for League Two, really. Well, we, um, we run a competition every week for two tickets to give away the Sporters Club. And I can tell you that that Grimsby game was the highest demand we've ever had. <laughs> not surprisingly. No, not and it took me ages to write all the names down and then we pick them at random. But, you know, it's fabulous to see such a demand. And, well, he delivered. Let's put it like that. Yeah. Um, yeah. Obviously, it was a disappointing end to the season. What's it been like in the dressing room? I mean, you can give us an insight into that without too many secrets. Uh, it's been... It's been... I feel like the whole season's been like a season of transition. I feel like we've gone from... Oh, the lads are coming out. Yeah, there we are. Um, yeah, I feel, I feel like we were... We were kind of... We were in transition when we started pre-season because Scott had just come in. Then, obviously, he leaves and Jody comes in. And then I don't feel like we ever really got out of that transition, if that makes sense. I feel like we were always changing the team and looking to put things right that maybe weren't wrong in the first place mm. um, and obviously we had three key players leaving January which ultimately made a massive difference to performances and results um, but yeah I mean the lads stayed in relatively high spirits as much as you can when you're not getting where you want to be um, yeah I think we've got a good core a good nucleus moving into next year just from the boys that are already contracted yeah so, uh, there were a lot of disappointing trips on with with, um, with the fans obviously of course and uh, a lot of long coach journeys and uh, even Rochdale I mean 4-4 draw fabulous performance by Mr Austin <laughs> he was disappointed he didn't get five but when you look at that result fantastic game of football though it might have been in terms of goals it's a disappointing result because you should have yeah, expected oh, to win there, wouldn't you? If you score four goals away against yeah. a team at the bottom of the league, yeah. you, you should win the game, let's be honest. Um, yeah, so we just kind of... I think that, that game pretty much summed up the season. Yeah. You know, we, we were we were good in patches. We scored goals, but then we were also not very good in patches. Yeah, sure. We conceded silly goals and, you know, I don't know, yeah, it pretty much summed it up, to be honest with you, with you Rick. Well, I'm looking out on that pitch now, and Simon Ferry is wearing the number 10. And uh, interesting <laughs> one. He was meant to be wearing the number 8 on the white team. Right. But he wanted to be in Paul Caddis's team. Right. So we've had to switch him last minute. And, yeah, there wasn't a number 8 available in the correct size for Mr. Ferry. 
<laughs> well, he still looks in decent condition. And I, I've been watching him, actually. He's still like a kid at Christmas, isn't he? I yeah. mean, he's completely and he's utterly enthusiastic, isn't he? Uh, you, whenever you speak to Simon Ferry, it's like, whack, 100 miles an hour, isn't it? Yeah. Incredible character. Yeah. So, looking forward to seeing him. I can see Paul Caddis now running towards the town end. And he is a red, just in case you ever doubted it. But, of course, he's just taken over as manager of Hereford. Is it still United? I guess uh, it is. Oh, I don't know, actually. Yeah. It always used to be. Yeah. He's just taken over as manager. And I know he's finding how difficult being a manager is, I think. And uh, he would dearly love to come back here it's one day. It's a great move for him, though. Yeah, of course. I mean, what is it? It's a good-sized club at a good level. You know, and he can really... It's, it's the kind of place where he can use a bit of trial and error, get to know what works, what doesn't work, you know, before maybe one day stepping into, you know, this arena. Well, I think there are several people that we'd like to see back. I mean, Fabrizio Picoretta has been mentioned on several several times. I mean, they've all been linked, haven't they? But now we got Michael Flynn. You've got... Uh, you dealt with him, presumably, so far. Yeah, yeah. He seems like a lovely bloke. I mean, we've only met a couple of times because, obviously, we're off now. Yeah. So... So I'm at home most of the time. Um, but yeah, no, it seems, seems like a top bloke. And, you know, hopefully for everything we've heard as well, because obviously being involved with the team, you, you travel around, you meet different people, you go to different clubs. We've obviously had him as an opposition gaffer a couple of times. Um, yeah, no, it seems like a top bloke. So yeah, hopefully we can, we can be successful. Well, we had him on last Monday and uh, he was very good indeed. He was very open, very honest. And... Um, that's all you can hope for from a football manager. And he wants to connect with the fans, which is fantastic. So uh, let's hope, you know, we have a successful season. We'll have a great start to the season. And that's the thing. You want to get, he wants to get the signings in early, get them settled down. Get Is your pre-season, has it already started? No, we, well, we've had a bit of a clear down from this year. Um, and then we'll be back maybe a week before the players. Right. So probably around the 19th, I think of June um, we'll come back in we'll get everything set up all the sizing right um, all the kits printed and everything ready to go there was a bit of a warm up going on well, there is a bit of a warm up going on the, yes. reds, the reds are all stood around yeah. the whites are having a go yeah yeah. The red, it's interesting isn't it the reds are all stood around there are one or two of course who uh, have got included because of uh, a competition run on the Tomball Bet Lounge where they submitted why they should be selected for tonight's game I can see Dean McMacken down there, who does an incredible amount of work for the local homeless. And uh, he does Great an amazing work. amount. Of, uh, absolutely. And, uh, I can see Luke Haynes down there with number 30 on his back. Yes, indeed. So there are one or two people out there who uh, maybe aren't used to the... I think the thing is, I've played in a couple of charity matches and you think, oh, they're all former players, so they won't be that fit. And then they start moving the ball around and you realise, yeah, ah, this yeah. is a different planet altogether. Do you know, I looked at the names on the team sheet today and I went, I'm glad I've got two folk. <laughs> <laughs> Otherwise, they'd have put me on for 10 minutes. It would have been a disaster. Because <laughs> I, I, you know, when, when I've played in charity matches, what you realise is they don't, the ball moves. They don't move themselves. Yeah. They make the ball move, and you're forever chasing the ball, and you can't get near it. And exactly. it's incredible, really, the difference. You just watch it, and you think, at fourth division level, you think, well, this isn't very good, is it? And then if you got on the pitch with them, you'd realise yeah. different game altogether to the one you're used to. Yeah, exactly that. I can see Paul Bowden down there stretching his hamstrings. Um, the legendary Paul Bowden, of course, two spells at the county ground. 
Uh, one of them, of course, culminating in that penalty at Wembley when Swindon beat Leicester in that 4-3 playoff game. You were there, presumably? Yeah, yeah. it was eight. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was lucky enough to be part of the commentary team that day and I was still behind the goal when Glenn Hoddle got that opener. And you just think, that's a player. Yeah. My goodness me. I mean, we talk about great players who've played for Swindon over the years, but I think he was... It was something different, wasn't he? He was on a different level to everything you've probably seen before. Yeah, and it's just the way he sees the game as well, isn't it? You know, he sees things three, four, five movements before they happen. Whereas, maybe at a lower level, that's not the case with, with some players. But yeah, he was just exceptional, wasn't he? What a player. Yeah, incredible. Well, to see Marcus Fjortoft out there, I think that's him number 16, yeah, isn't it? has got to be on it with the hair. Yeah. yeah. Um, his dad was OK. <laughs> <laughs> His dad was all right. Yeah, yeah. it's all right. Yeah. It took him a while to get going. Well, well yeah, but right. boy, when he got going, he got going, didn't he? <laughs> Fabulous. Oh, certainly did. Yeah, certainly did. And one of the best goals I've ever seen here, actually, was against Millwall in the League Cup. And I was sitting not far from where we're sitting now. And he turned and he bent it into the far corner of the Stratton Bank. And it was just a beautiful goal. And you just think, that's a fabulous... It is one of the best goals I've ever seen here. And uh, it would be lovely to see if he could still... Yeah. I'm sure he could. I'm sure he could. Yeah. <laughs> but he's forever jetting around Europe doing TV work now. So, lovely to see his son get a debut tonight at the county game. So. Played for Hamilton, of course, uh, did Marcus. Uh, the Scottish team, which bizarrely I followed since I was about eight years old, for some only reason was that years and years ago, when they were in the old Scottish First Division, they were bottom of the league in March with three points. So I felt sorry for them. So I've followed their results ever since. And now they're in a relegation scrap to go down to League Two in Scotland. So we wish them well. They got through the semi-final yesterday. So any players that had a Hamilton connection, I think Paul Caddis might have done in the past as well. So potentially, yeah. I'm just looking at Mildy. What's he doing? He's just stood there. He's not really doing anything. He's down that end in the green. Where is he? Stood next to Colin. Good ball in Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Sorry, yes. 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 He still joins in at training sometimes. That's embarrassing. <laughs> you know, here's, here's some interesting trivia for you. Our sub keeper against Man City in the FA Cup last year was Steve Mildner. Sorry, say it again? It was Steve Mildner. He was on the bench oh. against, against Man City in the FA Cup last season. Was he? Yeah. For who? Because Jojo was international. Oh, sorry, Jojo Wallacott, of course. Yeah, yeah. sorry. Yes. So therefore, Wardy yes. played. Yes, Mildner yeah, was, yeah, on he was on the bench. Yes, I remember now. <laughs> sorry, yeah, you threw me with the words FA Cup. And yeah. Swindon Town. Yeah, third round, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and Manchester City. Yeah. No, that was a night, wasn't it? I mean, I think we'll never forget that Harry Bacurdy moment, will we? No, it was, it was a great moment, wasn't it? I mean, even... Were we 4-0 down at the time or 3-0 down? I think it was... Uh, I was trying to think, actually. It was 3-0. 3-0, so. and yeah. then we scored, and then they scored at the end. Yeah. Just that moment, just to see the ground go mad and him do his celebration in the corner. and Yeah, just... Just... Like, it's a moment, isn't it? I think most people came here expecting it to be five or six, but if we scored, that would make the night, and, and thought, we did. Fabulous. I thought we did okay as well. Yeah. You know, I mean, they didn't get our second gear really, no. but I, I feel like we did all right. You know, we had some chances, we had a, had a spell, and the goal was brilliant. Like when Johnny picks it up deep and then drives forward, and the timing of his pass and the touch and the finish was oh, it, it was almost uh, Danny Ward. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> No, it was a wonderful goal and a wonderful moment. And um, I think everybody who was here will, will always remember it. And I, I said when we had the end of season awards dinner last night, uh, last year, that if you could bottle that moment and sell it in the club shop, it would fly off the shelves. Oh, 100%. Yeah. 
Yeah. What you wouldn't bottle was Paul Vale away. No, let's leave that to one. <laughs> Paul Vale at home was great, scored again. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, just Davison, if only. Anyway. Yeah, if only. Let's leave that to one. If only. Yeah, it's gone. Um, yeah, so here we are then. Uh, we have uh, ooh, six minutes to go to kick off. The players are all warming up. Hopefully, you'll have the starting lineup in front of me in a minute with the numbers. I've got them all written down, but, you know, being an old chap, it's always nice to have them in, in, a, in a number order. Uh, but it, it, at the moment, they are just wandering around. So if I just uh, write down the numbers next to them, and then I'd be happy as Larry. Uh, for, uh, who else can I see down there? Jonah's down there. He's got an old 2010 Swindon warm up top on, an Adidas number. He hasn't touched the ball yet. Well, <laughs> hang on. He's wearing Josh Davison's boots. So, oh, really? you never know. He might score. Yeah, they're the green ones. Yeah. Oh, right. Yeah, Jonah doesn't buy his own boots. Ever. <laughs> if a player leaves, Jonah has his boots. Right. I do that with trainers, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> um, who else is down? Who else is there? Phil Smith. Phil Smith. We see him quite often because obviously he's doing the radio. Yeah. And all the rest of that. Um yeah, and uh, Andy Nicholas, of course, who was here for Sturrock days, if I remember yeah, rightly. Yeah, he was on home for Liverpool, wasn't he? Yeah, he was. And then uh, Michael Timlin, of course, the man who was here briefly. Well, he was here for a while under uh, Palo de Canio, but he never really uh, got a, a run, did he? In fact, I think he, if I'm right in saying, he came off at half-time in the opening game, and that was barely it. I think it was. Yeah. I think it was, yeah. Gerald but... Eiffel is here, the beast, we should say. David Duke. Ball back. I used to love David Duke. Yeah, so did I. David, David was... Duke could play multiple positions as well. Yeah. He'd play anywhere. <laughs> I'm glad you said that because there were certain people who gave him a lot of stick. But I I did. I like David Duke. And he scored a rasping goal at Huddersfield once in the opening minute, I seem to remember. Yep. Uh, fantastic goal. But, um, yeah. So there we are. Well, we'll wait and see what happens. Marcus Fjordov is wearing 16, although... On that, he says he's wearing eight, so we'll get one in. So he's changed shirt. He's Good. changed shirt. <laughs> so it's going to be a confusing night. Let's yeah, like I feel that, like we? that's the case. Yeah, we'll yeah. just we'll just go with it and see what happens when it kicks off. Uh, we should mention the old Duffers, of course. Now they do uh, a podcast as well. Uh, Woody from Toy Story is out there. I don't think I'm going to give any secrets away to say that that's <laughs> Kev from the old Duffers. That is Kev. Uh, Russ is here from the old Duffers as well. Um, there's some great, fantastic material out there. Lauren is here as well. She does a podcast too. So it's a great, and I think there's a collective of podcasters next Friday on when uh, the Fools Rush In um, video. Oh, I think so. So I think I'm in Friday. I'm not sure really. I don't know which nightclub I'll be frequenting. On <laughs> Might be at home. Might be. <laughs> yeah. I see a trophy as well. Yes, very nice looking trophy. I feel like, did I see online that's come from Don Rogers Sports? Yes, it has. I saw the great it. man with it. Yeah, a picture of it. Um, the great Sir Don. 1969, I'll never forget it. Yes, I am old enough to have been there. Uh, incredible day. And the trouble is, I was of an age when I thought, well, this is easy. We've beaten Arsenal. We got promotion. The following year, we beat Juventus. Uh, we played against some of the Italian giants, Sampdoria, beat them, people like that. Exactly. And I thought, this is great. I'm going to be following a team that's going to rule the world, basically. Yep. Little did I know. Yep. Uh, 
But hey, you know, it's our team, isn't it? It really is. It really is. But, you know, you follow them up and down, don't you? Yeah, absolutely. You go with that's the downs, true. you go with the ups. And yeah. that's what makes it worthwhile. Who wants to watch a team who wins everything all the time? Boring, wouldn't it? Wouldn't it? Boring. It'd be nice for a while, though. Just, yeah. uh, just, just a couple of years. <laughs> well, we did. We had one. We did. We had one a couple of years back. Well, we got promoted, but again, yeah, we had to celebrate on Zoom. No. That was a good one. All the players and staff and everyone on a Zoom call, all sat in their gardens on their own with a beer. Yeah, awful. It's not ideal. And then even when we got the trophy, we were here, but no one else was allowed to be here. So we had to come here and be socially distanced. And, yeah. yeah, not the way you want to be. I've talked to many of the players about that, and they all say the same. You know, that magic moment of lifting the trophy... As they did in 2010 with the Canio era, they had the party on the pitch, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. But that was taken away from them. I mean, obviously, COVID was a terrible thing for many, many people. So, you know, we're not uh, sort of making it at the best, the biggest thing in the world that they didn't get the trophy. But still, yeah, if you're a footballer, you want to win trophies, and that's yeah. the way it goes, isn't it? We as fans never had the chance. To no, say that's that. that's my point. It's like. Look at Jeremy getting all the balls in. Don't want to lose any football. So, <laughs> so there he is with the bag trying to get all the balls. But no, that's the point, isn't it? Like, fans wait years for an opportunity to see their team lift the trophy. And then the one time we got it, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, there's no one here to see it. But it was such a great team as well. Oh, so good. You know, one of the best footballing scenes we've had, I think, in many, many years. And great. You know, the likes of Michael Doughty and Owen Doyle and Jerry Yates, of course, and people like that. Fabulous team. And you just felt there were, I think there were five home games left. There would have been 10,000 crowds. The atmosphere would have been amazing. Yeah. But hey, you know, that's just... But hey, yeah. there we go. Yeah. We were the best team by a mile as well. Yeah. yeah. The, the great irony, of course, was that crew were top. Crew were top, <laughs> yeah. But that was because we hadn't played. Yeah. So, yeah. No, for me, we... We were the best team in the world. So is Callum actually playing in goal then? Um, so Mildy's playing in goal, but Mildy played yesterday in a charity game in Bristol. Oh, for right. Marcus Stewart. Oh, um, right, yes, of course. Yeah. yeah, so he played a lot yesterday. I think he played over an hour yesterday. Oh, right. Um, so he's a bit stiff today, about 45 years old. Yeah. 44? 44. Oh, no, it was his birthday yesterday. Oh, was it? Yeah, I don't know how old he was yesterday. Well, he's either 44 or 44. Yeah, he's one or the other. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it was his birthday yesterday, so happy birthday, though. Yeah, absolutely. What a legend that man is. And, uh, you know, swimming through and through. That's all you can ask for, isn't it? And, uh, okay. Unless it's his birthday. It could be his birthday today. Oh, go on, check then. Wait a minute. Yeah. We're just waiting for the two teams to come out. Kickoff is imminent, I think it's fair to say. And uh, Summer Caddis will lead the team out. Of course, this is what it's all about. It was yesterday. It was yesterday. Happy birthday, Mildy. It's all about that. Uh, raising money for Diabetes UK. Research into diabetes type 1, which is a terrible disease, particularly for a young child as, as, as young as seven. So we wish the family well after this. I should say, um, there's a bit of a connection because my granddaughter's called Summer. So uh, I'm just claiming that as a bit of a connection. <laughs> it's tenuous, I know. But, yeah. Hey, they all count. They all count, don't they? So there's Jonah. Uh, he's got three balls. Three with balls him. under his arms. Yeah, making sure nobody nicks them, is that right? Yeah, that's right, because people do. What I've noticed lately is that away games, you kind of lead the chant 
now just before you leave the pitch. Right, so we've been doing it here as well um, with the town in there. But basically, the fans behind the goal give it the Jonah, give us a song. And then Jonah goes with the give us an S. Yeah. Yeah, while we're collecting all the balls up at the end of the warm-up. It's great fun. <laughs> yeah, I, I've noticed that recently. I've particularly noticed it at Wimbledon. Um, yeah. And that's yeah. the first time I've really... Because up here, of course, you wouldn't get that. Of course, so, yeah. Um, yeah, good thing. And I love that connection between, you know, the players and the, the backroom staff yeah. and the fans, which is fantastic. Uh, we should say that Jonah, of course, is a, is a Devon boy. He's uh, from Ottery, isn't he? From uh, not far from where I am. So yeah, his dad's living down there now. Yeah, he works for Exeter Chiefs Rugby. Exeter what? Exeter Chiefs Rugby. Club. Does he? Yeah, he's down there running the club. Basically. Oh, Mark Isaac. Yeah, is that his dad? Yeah, that's his dad. You're, You're kidding? Yeah, no, Mark's his dad. No. Yeah, that's why he's in here. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know that. And Jonah was working in the shop before he became the kitman. I know Mark really well. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> I know Mark really well. I did a, a question sport for him at Osprey St Mary cool. uh, Football yeah. Club the other day. Yeah. Well, I never yeah, made the connection. Yeah. yeah, well, well, well. There we go. Yeah, so there you go. Oh, it's you a small not see world. it. They look the same. <laughs> <laughs> I do now. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Woody's off to get a ball. Yeah. In fact, uh, wasn't Mark on the substitutes list? He was meant to be, yeah. yeah. But he didn't make it up. No. Did he give a lift? He's down there. Yeah. We're just waiting the two teams to come out. Uh, these are the starting lineups. Whether this will change or not, the Paul Caddis team is Steve Milton and Paul in goal. Uh, Paul Caddis, Simon Ferry, Alan O'Brien. You might well remember Speedy Winger, incredibly quick. Alice Bowden, Marcus Yortoft, Lee Barnard, uh, a P of the Lou Macari Ozzy Ardiles era, Luke Rooney, Callum Kennedy, uh, Diaz. I've only got a first. I've got a first name. We'll get that in a minute. And Paul Oggy Hunt, who was here under, well, Lou Macari, Ozzy Ardiles. So that's the starting 11 that we've got in front of us. And then on the other side, the All-Star Select, Phil Smith in goal, Andy Nicholas, Paul Bowden, Michael Timlin, Joe Devera, Gerald Eiffel, David Duke, another one whose name I need. Uh, Mia. Sorry? Mia Marcus. Mia. Yeah. yeah, from the ladies team. Uh, Chris Hammond. And out come the two teams, Annie Coulston yep. and Matty Taylor, Matty Taylor of the free kick variety. Chris Hammond, of course, I believe, who's flown in from the Channel Islands for tonight's game. And out come the two teams onto this county ground pitch. And hopefully we're going to see a nice exhibition game tonight. Nobody wants to see anybody get injured. Everybody just wants to see them enjoy themselves tonight. We should say, of course, Callum Kennedy is notable as the first goal scorer under Paolo Di Canaro with a was penalty. He? Yes. I didn't know that. Scored a penalty. Where um, was that? Uh, I think it was yeah. in the town, yeah. When a 3-0 win over Crew, if memory serves. Jonah's still got his jumper on. Everyone else is in a kit. <laughs> Jonah's still there in a jumper. <laughs> oh, brilliant. Welcome to the next staff back as well, because Danny Lee's playing. Yes. We haven't seen Danny for a while, because he's off working for the Air Force now. Yes, indeed he is. A lovely moment, Paul Caddis with his two daughters walking out onto the county ground pitch. 
the only man with two fourth division titles under his belt for this club. And you talk about great captains, inspirational captain, I think it's fair to say. What was he like in the dressing room? Was he, was he one of these people who inspired the team when they went out? How was he? Yeah, I mean, he's not he's not a loud person, um, but he just leads by example. Yeah. You know, he just, he was excellent every day in training. Like, he, he would just keep working. So, here's a story about Paul. His first session, when he came in on trial, when Richie Williams was captain, um, he's come in and they've done a session where you start with like two players and then you go to 2v2 and then you go to 3v3 and then it breaks back down to 1v1 again. So whoever started when he's got the whole game, he was first on, last off and was winning. Yeah. And everyone was questioning whether he'd still be fit, whether he could still do it, but he was still running at the end of it. Yeah. And everyone else was on the floor and Cads was still going. It was incredible. It was incredible. But that just shows his mindset and how much he wanted it. I'm, I, well, I remember he came on very briefly at Salford for his second debut for Swindon. Yeah. And he got a great reception yeah. uh, with the Travelling Away fans. So he will be forever linked with his football club. I mean, I know he scored a, a historic goal for Birmingham, didn't he, to keep them up? Yeah. So he's, he's forever linked with Birmingham City as well. That's all he talks about, is that goal? <laughs> You know, I scored at Birmingham. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we know, yeah. <laughs> well, rightly so. I mean, it was such a momentous goal. A good goal as well. Yeah, it was. He didn't take too many... He didn't score too many for Swindon, did he? I can't remember too many. There's one. There's one in a full kit. Yeah, what a guy. <laughs> yeah, the gold ticket is uh, basically if you've got a full kit on tonight, then uh, somebody will be selected uh, to go down and play on the pitch. I can see Ivo Graham down there. A uh, great comedian. I saw him recently in Timmouth. I've seen him several times. I need to grab him. I want him on the pod. Hmm? I want him on the podcast. Oh, I he's need to fabulous. grab him before he goes home. He's a huge, <laughs> huge town fan. And uh, away we go at the start of this charity match. Yeah, Ivo Graham, he's recently run the London Marathon. So uh, he's pretty fit, is Ivo. Played in the charity yeah, yeah. match last night, yesterday, I think, <laughs> as well. Yes. So uh, he's a pretty fit chap, but very, very funny when you see him live. And here we go then. The Paul Caddis Select have the ball. The ball is played over onto that far side in front of the Don Rogers stand. The pace, of course, will be not as frenetic as we're normally uh, associating with football matches here at the county ground. Paul Caddis over on that far side plays it in field. Not the best pass he's ever played. No, not really. <laughs> not really. He's given the ball away. Yeah, which uh, I'm sure he's uh, not. He's not happy with. Well, I thought pings went out to the far side. There is Paul Bowden with his left foot. That famous left foot plays it in field, and another. A bit of confusion is that they don't appear to have the numbers on their back that we were given, but uh, we'll get through it. Michael Timlin plays it forward, but again, a misplaced pass. And here's an opportunity for Pankadis Select to come forward, although it's played backwards. Ball is on the halfway line. And uh, 
Simon Ferry, a nice bit of play inside that centre circle from Simon Ferry, who made his debut here uh, some years ago against South End, I seem to remember. Here's an opportunity. Paul Hunter is. He plays it infield. Chance for a shot, maybe. Edge of the penalty area. Paul Bowden gets across. Oh, that's a good save. A rebound comes in. And it's the first goal of the evening. And I think it's Paul Oggy Hunt who's tucked it away. Phil Smith parrying it out and into the path of Paul Hunt. And it's 1-0. Yeah, Oggy Hunt it is. Don't think Phil Smith will be too happy with that, will he? No, he's pushed it straight back to him. He's made a good save from the initial one. And it's come out and he's just passed it in. First goal in the second minute of the game. And I don't think time is going to be that important this evening. There'll be one or two things like interviews with players, things like that. Michael Timlin onto this near side. Matt Taylor. Looks as though he could still play, to be honest, yeah. doesn't he? All played into the box. Mildenhall will get it quite comfortably. I can hear Mildy scream from here. <laughs> Keep it yours, mine, away. <laughs> <laughs> Simon, very neat little bit of play to Marcus Fjortov, who's often up here with Andrew Halls of a Saturday. Simon Ferry again, nice ball onto this near side as the Paul Caddis Select have early pressure. Callum Kennedy doesn't look any older now. Than no, he doesn't. Last time I saw him. No. Which was a long time ago here. The ball into touch, so it'll be a throw to the All-Stars eleven. Rockin' Robin is here wearing a white shirt to begin with. I presume he'll change that at half-time. Eiffel. Long crossfield pass. I think that's the thing. When you're on the back of one of those, when you play in a charity game and they hit a long crossfield ball to you like that. I remember playing, um, dare I mention it, against a Bristol City eleven. Yeah. And it was Keith Fear who hit one to me across field and it knocked me over. It was that hard. You're just worried about controlling the thing. <laughs> well, you don't want to look an idiot. Do you? Yeah, you don't want to look silly, do you? <laughs> oh, an opportunity. Edge of the box, cleared away. Shot coming in. Uh, well, a theatrical drive from uh, Steve Mildenhall, but I think he had it covered. We'll he? say he had his angles. Yeah. Made that incredible debut for the town at Portsmouth. Um, we all know the story about that, so I'm not going to go on about it, but what a performance it was that night. Well, he tells us that his debut was up front at Tranmere. Right. That's what he tells us. He tells us that he came on up front to try and hold the ball up for the last couple of minutes. Well, he might well be right. He should know. I think, I think his first start. Yes. Yes. Yeah. yeah he, he always tells us how he, he knows best because he's played up front as well. <laughs> Fair enough. Ball on this near side. It's played infield to, towards the goal scorer at Paul Hunt, but it's Lee Barnard who uh, tries to win the ball, but Matty Taylor picks it up now for the All-Star team. Marcus Fjortov comes across. Centre-back looks okay, doesn't he? Got a bit of pace about him. I suppose if you're Jan Arga Fjortov's son, you don't particularly want to be a forward, do you? Really? No. You're on a losing battle there, aren't you? You are, really, yes. Lee Barnard, with that shock of blonde hair, so famous in the fourth division days. Long crossfield ball towards Paul Caddis. Caddis on that far side in front of the Don Rogers stand and he lays it infield. Paul Caddis 11 leading by goal to nil. We've had five minutes on the watch. Simon Ferry drives towards the edge of the penalty area, lays it back and it will come to this near side. Well, it is uh, aimed, I think, towards this near side, but it goes out for a, a goal kick, which Phil Smith will take eventually. Decent enough crowd, I'd say, wouldn't you? Yeah, it's a good number in, to be fair. I think last week when we asked, they had only sold 30 tickets. And then it 
obviously built this week with everyone doing their little videos and encouraging people to come. I think it's had a real impact. Yeah. Good number, good number of people. Yeah, even sort of persuaded me to do a video, which I'm not terribly comfortable with. But... <laughs> <laughs> uh, you did a very good job. Though. Well, thank you. Uh, yes, not my thing. Uh, ball played in towards the edge of the penalty, but Paul Cadiz is there. Marcus Fjortoff plays it out to Simon Ferry. Little ball infield now to Lee Barnard, wearing the number 17 shirt. Nice little interchange of passes. Ferry spots the run on this near side, and uh, it's cut out, though, and that will go back to Phil Smith in the All-Stars goal. When you think back to Phil Smith's career, he, you know, he was an understudy for most of it, but, uh, you know, such a valuable member of the squad, wasn't he? Oh, very much so. Very much so. Well, you've just got to think about Charlton away in the playoffs. Yes. When Dave Lucas gets injured so early on. Incredible. But Phil's obviously ready, ready to come on and, and do an incredible job and take us to Wembley. He did some great um, jobs in penalty shootouts as well. I remember Exeter and the Johnson's Pate yep. one night. He did a fantastic job there, or whatever it was called in those days. Yeah, Definitely him every year, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> Eiffel at the heart of that defence. Uh, plays it forward. Michael Timley. He looks... I mean, Timley looks as though he could still play. He looks like he could play, though. Yeah. He's had a very long, lengthy career, of course, after leaving Swindon. South End for a while. Yeah. long time. For a long time, Yeah. yeah. Very little buzzing run in midfield. Oh, tried to get past Andy Nicholas, couldn't. Ball played forward into the centre circle. Nice to see the women get a game as well, because uh, Swindon's women, I think, have done well, haven't they? Yeah, they've done really well this season, from what I've seen. I'm not sure that was a free kick, though. <laughs> one or two interesting free kicks, or not free kicks, yesterday, weren't they, in those playoff finals? So, oh, it's a lovely turn, a chance for a shot. Maybe a chance for an equaliser, and Mildenhall gets the touch and turns it over. A lovely piece of play, though. It was Annie Colston, I think, who got that in. I don't know. They've all changed numbers. Yeah, they have changed numbers, yeah. They've all changed numbers and teams. Yeah, they have. <laughs> so, forgive me for not being absolutely spot on my money. I'd text Hammers and find out why we're using his phone. <laughs> <laughs> so that won't work, will it? Matty Taylor will come across to take the corner. One of the classiest players ever to play for Swindon. One of the classiest blokes I've ever met. What, what have I? I think those of us who were at Wickham that night will never forget that what free kick. What a goal that was. Paul Bowden picks it up and gives it back to Matty Taylor. Taylor plays it in field. Callum Kennedy comes in. But Taylor wins out. And when you think about the clubs he's played for, Matt Taylor, and, and the goals he scored, I, I don't know, on my sort of wet afternoons look at the compilation of these oh, goals they're incredible. incredible some of the ones you score for Portsmouth just just man Thunderbolts it was a volley against Everton it was probably about 40 yards up from yeah. the top corner absolutely superb and we're lucky enough to have had him play for Swindon which is great player of the year of course Paul Caddis oh he's given the ball away an opportunity for an equalise hit the post Oh, that was a, a great opportunity. Sloppy Mildy. work from the skipper. Mildy can't get up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, oh, he's, he's sloppy struggling. from Cads. Come on, Cads. Yeah. Fjortov lays it back to him, so he has to move quickly. So will Callum go on and take his place then? Is that the, the plan? I think that's the plan at some stage. Club photographer Callum Knowles taking yeah. Mildy's place in goal. 
I never thought I'd say those words. No. <laughs> but we should say he did an incredible thing recently. No offside there. The ball's played through. An opportunity for an equaliser. Uh, not an equaliser. Of course, the second goal. They're leading by a goal to nil, the Paul Caddis team. But we should say Callum, he did an incredible thing incredible. recently. Yeah. By, did he sit on every seat he in the county? on every seat in the ground. Yeah. <laughs> it took him a lot longer than he thought it was going to do. Um, I think he thought he was going to get it all done in one day. I don't think that's even possible. We tried to work it out and it would have taken a lot of time. Um, he did it over the course of two weekends, which is just an incredible... He couldn't move three or four days afterwards. <laughs> well, I'm not, I'm not surprised. We watched Paul Bowden play this into the box, but it's easily picked up by Steve Mildenhall at the town end. Uh, I think it's a lot more difficult than people might think because it's constantly going it's, up and down and getting up and down. And getting the way I put it to him, it's like doing 15,000 squats. Yeah. And you wouldn't go to the gym and do 15,000 squats. No. <laughs> you wouldn't be able to move, so... Loose ball and a shot coming in from Chris Hammond, uh, one of the Wembley squad uh, of 1993, uh, but it was uh, a shot straight to Steve Mildenhall. Lee Barnard plays a nice little ball forward. Known as Barney, of course. Again. Ball played in, Phil Smith comes out. Known as Barney because of his likeness to Barney Rubble from the Flintstones. You won't remember that. Really. Oh, I know who Barney Rubble was. <laughs> <laughs> Paul Oggie Hunt, who got the goal in the second minute. And Simon Ferry back heels. It is Paul Hunt again. Great shot. Great goal. What a goal. Wow. Curling effort. No chance for Phil Smith. It's the 2 0 lead. Really tremendous effort. Well, you watch that and you think, that's class, isn't it? That's a professional footballer who knows what to do with that ball. Simon Ferry picked up our three players around him and set him up. Yeah. So, 2-0 lead then for the Paul Caddis team. Paul Hunt with both of them. And we've had 11 minutes on the clock. I'm glad the scoreboard is working because it's one of those nights, I think, when we might need it. Yeah. Oh, Fjortov stretches and just gets was in then. Yes. Just got the ball away. Is Callum Kennedy. Doesn't look to be an ounce of fat on him, does it? As I say, he still looks the same as he did when he played here, <laughs> rather than the beard. Yeah. <laughs> I was going to say, the beard is different. Uh, ball in field now to Simon Ferry, former Celtic man. Peter Head, of course, gone on to fame in Scotland, hasn't he? With uh, Podcasts. Yeah, incredible. <laughs> Sells at massive arenas. Here's Fjortov making his way into the penalty area. No offside. Chips it back, shot coming in. Good opportunity, but it was blocked. It's a corner. Yeah, Simon Ferry, who'd have thought it? I mean, he, he does. He sells at the, the massive arena in yeah. Glasgow and things like that. It's huge. Huge. Um, the thing is with him, it would be great to have an in-depth conversation, but it's trying to understand what he says. <laughs> And also, if you had a bleeping machine, it might be very... Yeah, that might help. That yeah. might help, yeah. yeah. Kennedy will take the corner then towards the Stratton Bank and it's uh, played towards the penalty spot, headed away by Eiffel. Shot comes in from Fjortoft. All bouncing around the penalty area. Opportunity for another shot. Good block, though. And uh, Timlin. Oh, nice control from him. And plays it forward towards the halfway line, towards Matty Taylor, but Callum Kennedy will pick it up and roll it back now to Steve Mildenhall. Turning into a lovely summer's evening. We've got Barbary Castle in the distance. Old Town, of course. Union flag flying above the town end. 
Lee Barnard with his... Who else? <laughs> a little smile in his face. That tested Steve Milburn. It certainly it? did. Test those reactions. <laughs> and it's a lovely view from up this end. It is fabulous, yeah. Absolutely. And we had spent a few years, Don Rogers, Town End, that kind of thing, settled on up here when, when I used to come as a fan. We used to sit up here because the view's so nice. Yeah, it is nice. And the ground looks so nice from here. Yeah. As well. Well, I started off in the town end many, many years ago, and then as I'm an old person now, I sit, of course, in the Arkles, the John Trotter Arkles thing, and we chunter about various things. Callum Kennedy on this left-hand side towards the Stratton Bank, lays it in field. Paul Hunt's gone on a run, looking for his hat-trick, which would be pretty good. Lee Barnard has it. Loose ball, Simon Ferry, halfway inside... The All-Stars half, Faye Ferry plays a lovely little ball. Here's an opportunity. Oh, side flag comes up. And so, looked a nice move. But unfortunately, as the sun drenches the Don Rogers stand on the opposite side. So, what are you doing in the summer? Are you just relaxing? Are you... I've got about four and a half to five weeks where I go on holiday with the family, pot around in the garden, get that sorted, <laughs> and just relax. I mean... Oh, Taylor with a shot. Oh, <laughs> the crowd going to shoot. And he did. And uh, Mildenhall did well to pat it away. Oh, there's still a chance. Alston inside the penalty area. Oh, that's great play by Fjortoft. Stretched those long legs and got it away. And then plays it out to that far side. It must be a bit odd, though, because you're full tilt seven days a week, aren't yeah, you? Yeah, it's non-stop. I mean, that's the thing with this summer especially. We've got to make the most of it and get as much time off as we can. Because last year... Obviously, we had the playoffs. Yeah. And then the season, this season, was moved forward because of the World Cup. Yes. So, we only actually had three weeks off. So, that's the only time we've had off in two years, really. All inside the All-Stars penalty area. Oggy Hunt trying to get his hat-trick. Didn't quite work out this time. Still pressure on that All-Stars goal. Maybe Simon Ferry will have a shot. But he, little chip. Paul Caddis offside. And, and it's the work behind the scenes that people don't realise, do they? And... I think they're getting an insight now in your podcast just how much work you actually do put in. And when we, you know, when we go away, we see what you do and all that kind of thing. Of course. Um, but you love it, don't you? Yeah. I mean, it's the best job in the world. Isn't it? Other than being a footballer or being a manager or a coach or, you know, any of those other roles, this is like, I mean, we get to be with the players every day. You get to be at training every day. You get to every game. You get to have personal relationships with them. Um, yeah, and just contribute to the environment, which is massive because if the environment's a good one, yes, you tend to see more success. Would you... I mean, trust is a big thing as well, I guess, because you are dealing with the players and they need to know that they can trust you, don't they? Yeah, of course. Of course. I mean, we talk to them every day. If they're, Even if they're struggling with stuff outside of football. Yeah we're the people that they kind of come and talk to. Um, so, yeah, we, you know, you make that relationship with them and, yeah, they need to trust you. You need to be in a in a position where you trust them and they trust you. Yeah, 100%. Because we turn up on a Saturday, we watch the game, we say, well, so-and-so's not having a very good game. But we don't know what sort of week he's had. Yeah. And I think sometimes as fans, you kind of forget that, don't you? That they're human beings and they may have problems outside the the yeah, football club that you don't know about. Anything could be going on, just like in anyone else's life. Yeah. You sure. know, it's the same thing, really. And they come to work, they go home. It just happens to be that their work is in the public eye, you know, and they get to 
play this wonderful game and obviously they get paid well for it, but they still have all the other real real world stuff going on that that you or I would have. So it's two 0 still, Paul Oggy Hunt with both goals for the Paul Caddis eleven. We've had uh, seventeen minutes. The game not at the usual pace that you would see in a League Two encounter for obvious reasons. But uh, Simon Ferry in his usual dominant midfield role, fully clothed tonight, thank goodness. <laughs> Lee Barnard plays it forward, but it's a loose ball, really. I wonder if Lee's beginning to feel the pace. He's a big fly fisherman, Lee Barnard. Is he? Loves to go fly fishing. Of course, went into teaching after he finished football and uh, got a master's degree in education. So, you know, he's done his incredible dual career, Lee Barnard. Recently retired. And here's Matty Taylor intercepting, but the ball goes into touch on this near side for a throw to the uh, Paul Caddis 11. Yeah, I always remember there was one game you might well remember when I think it was it might, the early days of Richie Wellens when James Dunn came off very early in the game. And we all went, what's going on here? He just disappeared up the tunnel. Yeah. And his, what we didn't know, of course, was this little one was seriously ill yeah, in hospital. Seriously Ill. Yeah. So, you know, it's things like that that must be playing on players' minds when they're at the well, game. Of course. Yeah. You know, and then someone had had the phone call to say he needs to go. And Richie was great. And he was like, yeah, get off, go. You know, so he substituted him and off he went in his kit, you know, and, and off to where he needed to be. But yeah, all those kinds of things could be going on. It's Fjortoff, just to break it up a minute as he comes in, trades it across, but Joe Devira will play it away. So was that pre-arranged? Did they know that was going to happen? Yeah, I think I think there was a chance it was going to happen. Um, yeah, so so it was kind of set ready that if he needed to go, he could. That's a lovely pass. That is a lovely pass and uh, an opportunity now for the All-Star. Oh, that's a good tackle though. Denies any further progress. And uh, Steve Morgenhall has it again and uh, clears it with his right foot onto this near side. Callum Kennedy controls it and will play it back or plays it infield to Lee Barnard, who'd made up yards so he could collect it. Turns around and plays it forward to Oggie Hunt and now it's with Simon Ferry. Still inside their own half, but making progress. It's Paul Hunt on that far side. Plays it infield now. Some good football coming from the Paul Caddis 11. There's already some tired limbs out there, but Gerald Eiffel, beautiful interception, picks that off, but then gives the ball away to Paul Caddis. He was some player, wasn't he, Gerald Eiffel? Oh. We were talking about, I was talking to his son earlier. Um, yeah, he's just like, he was just so strong, wasn't he? And he was so quick. He could drive from the fence, you know, and he had a goal in him as well, didn't he? He did, yeah. He had a goal in him. But am I right in thinking he was on loan here? two or three times before we actually Yes, he was. You're quite right. Yeah. Yes. He kept coming in and then yeah. going back and yeah. then coming again. And his daughter had some success recently as well, didn't she? In the singing yeah. stakes. I know that because a young person told me. Uh, Gerald I will, will concede the corner. <laughs> I remember there was a classic moment. I don't know if you were at this game, but Nottingham Forest away, the 7-1 thrash. Yes, yes I was there. When... <laughs> We all thought we're doing a conga. He just got <laughs> he just got fed up and just got himself sent off. It yeah. was yeah, I've, I've <laughs> had enough. I'm getting fed off. Yeah, it was a you know we'd all had enough by then. Oh, Paul Bowden. Oh, that's a that's a back pass, surely. Paul Bowden with a, a lovely little back pass to Phil Smith. 
the referee's picked it up. Oh, Paul Bowden's going, well, it never used to happen in my day. I know. <laughs> <laughs> what was it, 89 that rule came in, was it? Or 90 that rule came in? It was in the night. I seem to remember it was back in the 90s, wasn't it? And because Fraser Digby struggled with it. Um, it was a. Uh, well, Liverpool used to use it a lot, didn't they? Yeah. He'd pass it back to Crobler, he'd pick it up and he'd put yeah. it down the foot. Yeah, I mean, the back pass was a part of football, wasn't it? Paul Caddis, a little chip, hits the oh, crossbar shit. behind for the goal kick. Um, but yeah, but you're, you know, as a youngster, you're trained to play with the, with the back pass, and then all of a sudden, yeah. you couldn't do it. So it's like the offside rule. What's that about now? It just changes every year. We don't know. I mean, I, you know, we sit in the, we're sitting in the stand and, and people are moaning at the assistant referee and you think, well, he can't put his flag up until the ball's, yeah. the player's active. And yeah. People still don't get it. Or whatever it is. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He could be 10 yards offside, but he can't put his flag up until he actually goes and touches the ball. Yeah. But for me, if you're on the football pitch, you're interfering with play. Yeah. Because you're stood somewhere, so someone else is stood somewhere based on where you are, which changes the whole shape of the opposition. Yeah. Because if the player wasn't there, he wouldn't, the opposition player wouldn't stand there. They'd turn somewhere else. Well, Paul Caddish, it appears, is coming off. We are going to have some... Paul Bowden is coming off. So, some substitutions about to be made. We'll be hearing from who they are. One or two of them are the lucky winners in the uh, Tom Broadbent Lounge competition. Three substitutions have been made by both sides. So, so Ellis, who is part of the podcast, Dean McMack and the aforementioned uh, Dean, and Nikki Hunt is on as well. So three changes. Ball on that far side and. What were we talking about for the substitutions? I was going to go somewhere with it, but I've completely forgotten what we were mentioning. We were talking about the Forest game. I don't know. Right? It. Hmm? I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, the Forest game? Where was I then? I don't know. I had to get the train back and walk through Nottingham City Centre with loads of Forest fans laughing at me. It wasn't a great day. Mildon Hall plays it onto this near side. Uh, Callum Kennedy takes it down. And uh, the ball is played away from the penalty area. Augie Hunt plays it forward. Great tackle. And uh, as De Vera, I think, who made the tackle. It's difficult to know just how taxing these games are, isn't it? If you've not played for a while, it's a lot quicker out there than we're actually seeing, yeah. it's fair to say. Whenever I've played in them, you think, oh, that'll be slow. I'll be yeah. all right, I can deal with that. Yeah. But suddenly... <laughs> A 10-yard sprint seems like 100 metres. <laughs> <laughs> well, Oggy Hunt seems to be in fine fettle because he's, he's really buzzing around, isn't he? And this near side is Callum Kennedy. They had a lot to do with Sicester Town, did Paul Hunt, after he finished at Swindon. Well, I have a great sort of set of lads who are youths here, including people like Nicky Summerby and people like that. Pete Lango was here. A.D. Vivash was here. Lots of good youth players in those days. Great recovery from time and ferry, though. And a lovely little ball as well. Fitzroy Simpson, too, of course. You shouldn't forget Fitzroy. So lots of really good youth players in that time. 
is an opportunity then. Shall we see another goal? No, we won't. It was uh, well cut out. Matt Taylor seems to have gone to the left-hand side. So would he then swing it in with his right foot? I, predominantly left-footed, of course, but um, all right. I don't know. Really? What will he do? Here's De Vera. Plays it forward. Matty Taylor's gone over on that far side. Here he comes. With his left foot, of course. Swings it in with that left foot. Great ball in. With the header just over the top. But there it is. What class he is, isn't he? Just... We see him quite often because he brings his daughter yes, to Foundation Yes, of Bar. course. Right. And, um, yeah, he still runs every day, I think. Still looks after himself. But he's just... He was a pro for a minute. He walked into the minute he went home every day. And he was still a pro when he got home. <laughs> <laughs> How does that uh, addressing him react when you get a... Oh, here he is again. He intercepts the ball. Shoots, says the crowd, but he's not going to be able to do it at that time. How does the dressing room react when somebody like that comes in? Because obviously he's had a heck of a career. I mean, he was already here when me and Jonah started. So I think he was at that stage as well. We had quite an experienced team. Mm. Um, maybe not played at the level he's he's played up, but you know we have quite a lot of games you know, in the dressing room, if you like. So yeah, you know, again, he's he's another one. He's a bit like Charlie, where other players look up to him, yeah. and feed off him. Well, you learn from them as well. Yeah, exactly that. I mean, I, you know, I would imagine Jake Wakelin would be thinking Charlie Austin. I might learn one or two things yeah. from him. Yeah. What a smashing lad Jake Wakelin is as well. He deserves a lot of success. Bearing in mind, he's had a, a rocky path in his football career. But, you know, let's hope he has a great season next season. Ferry, inside the midfield area. Plays it onto that far side for Marcus Fjortoft. Lovely to see the name Fjortoft back on a Swindon pitch. In front of the Don Rogers stand. And here's Matty Taylor with the ball forward. And uh, we have 18 minutes to go towards the end of this first half. Lee Barnard in a central midfield position. Plays the ball to Callum Kennedy on this near side in front of the dugouts. Attacking the Stratton Bank end. Chips it with his left foot looking for Simon Ferry. Eiffel just plays it off. Michael Timlin has it. And he plays a long ball forward. It's a decent ball forward too. Steve Mildenhall has to come out. He... Has he done enough? <laughs> Gets a push in the back. And it's a corner. And he's angry. Steve Mildenhall is angry. <laughs> Good for Mildenhall. Bit of play oh, no, action. No. I think he was uh, playing to the crowd, I think it's fair to say. That's a corner, Mills. <laughs> it's incredible, though. You need players, people like him at football club, don't you? Of course you do. Of course you do. No, he's brilliant. Mildenhall's brilliant every single day. You know, we have a lot of banter goes backwards and forwards between me and Jonah. But it all comes from a place of love, as he tells us. <laughs> <laughs> Corner kick, then. Let's see if the Select 11 can get a goal back. They trail by two goals to nil. Near post, it's flicked across. And, of course, all the pros on here, all the players on here, will want to win tonight. I know it's a, in, a, in aid of a great cause, researching to type one diabetes but they'll all want to win won't they oh of course As, again every time we play in one of these charity games you think oh yeah we'll have an easy ride tonight but never never a minute no everybody that plays wants to win because you don't play wanting to lose do you and especially 
if you've been a footballer yeah. and you've had to have that win in every game. Yeah, they're, they're all out there trying their best and want to win, 100%. Left-hand side, great piece of play. Will the ball come in? Let's see what the cross does. It goes back, though. Matt Taylor will look to whip it in with that left foot. Oh, dear, oh, dear. Right over the head of Steve Nordnall. But again, if there was somebody at that back post, it would have been a good ball. On this near side, then. Nice piece of control, but uh, they lose out and the ball into touch on this near side for the poor cat. It's 11. Do you think Paul will be happy with the turnout tonight? I mean, everybody's turned out. Just deserves great credit. And, of course, you can go online and, and uh, donate even if you're not here tonight. Of course. So, if you want to donate the price of a ticket, which is a tenner, go to the GoFundMe page and you can do that. I think all of the links are on the Broadbent Lounge thread. So, yeah. that should all be there for you. But, yeah, I think he'd be really happy with, with the turnout. It looks really good, to be fair. Oh, great interception by... Oh, bit of a professional foul by Matt Taylor, but he got away with it. Marcus Fjortoff inside the penalty area, lays it back. Gerald Eiffel will play it away, and the ball goes and sits on that far side in front of the Don Rogers stand, which is now absolutely bathed in sunshine. Can we just appreciate this back four for the Whites? Yes. Matt Taylor, Andy Nicholas, Gerald Eiffel, yes. and Joe not bad, is it? It's not a bad back four. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Michael Timlin sat just in front of him. Yeah, it's not a bad uh, line-up there. But they trail 2-0. They do. And here's Simon Ferry, an opportunity to put more pressure on. Callum Kennedy perhaps thought about a shot with his left foot. A little bit of interplay on the edge of the box. Lee Barnard, who's still chugging away nicely. Paul Caddis is ready to come back on, I think. Although he's moaning about something. So he's not happy with some performance. Uh, but that's the pro, isn't it? I mean, goodness me. Yeah. I'd hate to be on the receiving end of a Paul Caddish backlash. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I've seen it. Yeah. I remember we got relegated. Oh. <laughs> uh, we'll ask you about that season in a minute because it, uh, it was an opportunity, though, for Paul one back. But it's a ball across the face of goal, and Steve Milnhall goes down rather theatrically and collects. I mean, for us at home, we were sat in front of the laptop with that spinning white circle every week watching Swindon get beat. I mean, it saved me a fortune in petrol, but what a miserable Especially season. Especially for you. <laughs> yeah. What a miserable season. Yeah. It wasn't great. It wasn't great. All the games. Still an opportunity, perhaps, to cross it in towards that far post. Decent ball. Matt Taylor's there. Chips it back and cross the face of goal. It goes behind, and it's a goal. Yeah, no, it wasn't a good year, was it? I mean... I think, again, there was a load of transition in the season, wasn't there? With Richie starting it, and then when he left to go to Salford, he then had Hunty taking over. And I think a lot of the boys wanted Hunty to have the job, if I'm being honest. Um, Noel Hunt, just top, top guy. He was massively important to the year that we won the league. Yeah. Um, and then, obviously, when he doesn't get the role and Sheridan's brought in, that changes things again. You know, I just, I don't know, it, it just didn't click from the start, did it? Well, it started brightly. I think we were top of the league after one game. Yeah, <laughs> after one game. So he thought, oh, hello, here we go. It was when, <laughs> it, when Richie left, that was that was the moment. I mean, it just kind of fell apart a bit, didn't it? Yes, it uh, was a disappointing season, to say the very least, but an inexpensive one. That's all that I can say from that season. And Ivo Graham is about to come on. 
Jonah's on. Yes, he is. I just heard Tails giving him some. <laughs> Asking him where he's playing, what he's doing. Where is he going? He's got the captain's armband. Why has he got the armband? This is what I'm saying about Jonah. It's, it's the Jonah show. <laughs> <laughs> he's come on, he's stolen the armband. How many ex-pros are there out there? <laughs> Well, wholesale changes are taking place, and I've got to be honest and say I've absolutely no idea what's going no on. No idea. Is 19 in the middle, Luke Bruni? Who? Sorry? 19. Yeah. For the Reds. That's Luke Bruni, isn't it? Uh, I'll just have a look in a minute. I can't see him, actually. He's now dropped right deep into the, next to Jonah, far side. Uh, might well be, Is yes. It? He's all wearing different numbers. Yeah, I know. It's a completely confusing evening, but never mind. <laughs> <laughs> Shot coming in, but Milton Hall will take that quite comfortably and roll it out. Luke Rooney briefly here under Paolo Di Canio, as were 5,000 other players who sat in the stand most of the week. <laughs> but we're on three-year contracts. <laughs> I always remember Medi Carouche. He disappeared up the tunnel against Colchester in the FA Cup. Yeah. And then we never saw him again. Uh, and then he went to a club that plays in yellow up the road somewhere. So, mad. who does that? Who does that? Who does that? Andy Nicholas will just uh, roll it back to Phil Smith. More substitutions about to take place. Ivo Graham amongst them. So, 35 minutes on the clock and it's still 2-0 to the Cadiz 11. To be fair, there's not been as many goals as it looked like there might be. No, it's. Uh, I think the second half we might see a flurry somehow. <laughs> as uh, Milton Hall comes out of his goal and says, leave that to me, I'll take that, thank you. And uh, quite happily picks, uh, just rolls it out. We'll play forward, halfway line. Paul Hunt lets it go, Joe Devere is in there. And Jonah Isaacs gets his first touch of the ball and um, gives it away. Gives it away. <laughs> Not that you'll take the mickey out of him for no, that. No, not at all. At all. Not at all. You're That's leaving. not what I'm here for. No, of course <laughs> not. And uh, I, uh, hopefully both of you will be on the sofa with us tomorrow night, so we won't mention that at all. Uh, uh, I, think, so... I think we might. <laughs> <laughs> Seven o'clock on YouTube, face, uh, Facebook and Twitter, the uh, Supporters Club channel. We'll put it out on social media tomorrow so that you know. And apparently the Whites have 12 on the pitch. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, yeah, nine, they do. Yeah. 11. Yeah. yeah, they have 11 outfield players. Yeah, yeah, and one goalie. What's the fourth official doing, eh? Look <laughs> <laughs> we'll at the Reds in a minute. Oh, a nice piece of play. No, yeah. the Reds have 11, yeah. Crowd's having a good time here. Matt Taylor on that far side then whips another one in, but it's too far. Oh, hang on, they've just thrown another one on. Oh, that, that, have they taken one off? No, they just snuck another one on. That's 13 then. <laughs> <laughs> and they've got another three lined up. So, goodness knows how many will have on in a minute. So, I think we're going to see a couple of substitutions now. I'm, I'm glad the ref's kept, kept control of this. He's done really well. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I know him, actually. I, when I used to run Charles in football school. We used to play in a college league and uh, he used to come and ref our games. He's from Hungerford. Oh, right. Yeah, and he used to come and ref all our games. So I know him quite well. <laughs> but, 
he's, look, he's just he stood there, hands out. He doesn't know what's happening. Two, four, six, <laughs> eight, ten, twelve, thirteen. Yeah, thirteen That's players. That's right. Goodness me. And the lights keep going off, which oh, is uh, interesting. Interesting development. Yeah, I'm not sure how many. Have the Reds still got 11, or have we moved up a gear from this one? Are we paying the electricity bill here? Um, what a question. <laughs> <laughs> I hope so. If you had asked me that two and a half years ago, Maybe I would have not. probably said So the Whites have it and uh, looking to put pressure on Steve Milne. He, he looks unconcerned, I think it's fair to say. I think uh, he's counting. <laughs> How many are we playing against? <laughs> well, there are, there are a lot out there, aren't there? And uh, the ball will be chipped into the penalty area, headed away by Isaacs. Nice little header. Whose dad is now, I, I now know, is Mark Isaacs. I didn't know that. Interesting. A shout from Mildy of go on, Jonah, you're in. <laughs> and he's oh, is a chance here. An opportunity will Mildy let that... No, he's not going to let that in. He's back up again. Opportunity spurned. Put high over the top of the crossbar into the town end. And somebody has to vacate their seat and go and get the football. It's interesting to see Nicky Hunt playing. Because he's only recently retired, isn't he? Yes. And he was playing for Crew. Yeah. Right? Yeah, so we've, we've been against him a few times in the job. And he's been playing for them. Mildenhall then rolls it out to Fjortoft, far side of the penalty area, as we have just seven minutes to go to the end of this first half. Ladies and gentlemen, just look over to the left. Oh, you're right. And Zippy is about to be interviewed. Danny Lee's on. I was going to say, it's an opportunity. It's quickly snuffed out there. And I was trying to hear what uh, Paul Bowden said, but I think it, the, the bottom line is he, he's finding it difficult to breathe, which is uh, fair enough. I don't know if you can pick it up on the tannoy. Opportunity for the Whites to attack as they come down the right-hand side. Mildenhall narrows to the angle. Surely. Oh, another one's gone over. That's two opportunities in the space of about a minute. He should have gone on his own for me now. Even with 13 players on, they still can't. They still can't, can't find a way goal. past them. Paul Bowden talking about Steve White going in town inside the penalty area. <laughs> to this day, insisting it wasn't a dive. <laughs> but we shall ever be grateful to David Ellery, the referee that day. Paul Bowden sits down again. Let's hope he can get back up again in a minute. It's, uh, oh, Isaac's nice piece of play from him. <laughs> Oggy Hunt plays the ball inside the penalty area, but Matt Taylor will pick it up for the All-Stars, who trail by two goals to nil, although they've had several opportunities in the last couple of minutes to get level. Matt Taylor up and down, isn't he? I mean, he never stops. He's always up and down that flank. 
And there he is, about to cross it in again. Made it from one end of the pitch to the other. A loose ball across the face of box. So Fjortoff puts it behind. That'll be a corner kick in front of the town end. Oh, going short quick. He has gone short quick. The ball will come in back to Matty Taylor, perhaps. Now he'll think about crossing it in. Plays it back with his right foot. He's still there. An offside flag comes up. So, not going well for the Whites, despite the numerical advantage. It's not happened, does it? And they've had some chances, but they seem to miss the target. The sunshine is disappearing. There are grey skies now over the top of the Don Rogers stand. The trees in full leaf as we're in early summer. Although the temperature now beginning to dip, it's still May, we should remember. I spent several days at Somerset Cricket this season being very cold. Uh, which, uh, not great early season. Let's see what the Whites can do here as we approach the half-time interval. I think the referee will be generous with the injury time and say not much, quite frankly. Here's an opportunity then for another one. Gerald Eiffel goes in pursuit and does very well and the ball ends up back with Phil Smith. A lot of tired bodies out there, aren't there? It looks that way. Glad they've got a lot of players. <laughs> <laughs> what happens at half time then? You know, say the town are trailing. Yep. You're in the dressing room. What's going on? Um, initially, they'll be given a minute just to sit and think and talk with each other. And then the coaches will all get together and have a chat and see how they want to approach it. And then, you know, they'll, they'll go in. They'll all be sat down, they'll say their piece, they'll ask their opinion. It'll be a very, dependent on the manager, of course. Mm. Um, the, the best ones make it almost a conversation piece. Right, um, they don't rant and rave. They... Now, sometimes, it, depend, it depends what's needed. And, and the best ones will figure out what's needed and when it's needed. You know? Um, but yeah, I always found Richie was quite calculated with what he was saying and how he was saying it and who to and everything else um, yeah Scott Lindsay was, was really good with it as well to be honest well the players it was noticeable last Monday uh, after the Crawley game when all the players went to Scott Lindsay and embraced him he was a very popular character here wasn't he yeah yeah no he, all the lads liked him it was it was really really good um, obviously he had an opportunity somewhere else that he thought was was better for him which is fine and everyone, do you know what I mean it's, near his home as well wasn't yeah it? that's it you know, better for him and his family and everything else so in fair play to him I, but no he, he was thoroughly liked by everyone he, and people forget he was here as assistant the year before as well yeah when we got to the playoffs and the incredible season we had after only having a two week pre-season you know so you know, no one can and his achievement here was actually a lot better than people remember. Yeah. Well, I, I've met him, had the good fortune to meet him several times. And I have to say, I, he's a very warm human being and uh, I wish him well. I know online, it can be, as you know, a bit of a jungle. Sometimes he gets abuse, but I always found him personable and willing to talk and uh, genuine, which is all you can say about somebody, really. Yeah. As Richie Wellens was. Yeah, um, of course. I mean, it really was helpful to us. I think it, 
you need to create that environment where people feel valued and people feel like you, you care. And I think people with a personality like like a Richie or like and like a, a Scott, I think they do that and they bring that out of people. Yeah, absolutely right. We should mention Jonah Isaac played a delightful through ball just now, which we haven't mentioned. Before. Sorry, I must have been looking the other way. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear. It, it, it's funny because your relationship is a... Well, you have to get on, don't you? I mean, my goodness, you spent so much time. That's half-time, by the way. And uh, we should say the Paul Caddis 11-2. All-stars nil. Both goals scored by Paul Oggy Hunt. And we haven't seen the flurry of goals that we were expecting, have we? I mean, in terms of a, a football match, it's been not the pace that we're used to seeing, but those players down there are feeding it. But they're here for a great course tonight, and that's... Research into type bit one diabetes. Yep. So it's good to see so many people here supporting it. And of course, there'll be autographs and things like that signed afterwards, which is always a great thing. So your relationship then? Yes. I mean, how would you <laughs> how would you describe it? Because you have to get on, don't you? Because you spend so much time together. I, c I can't imagine doing the job for someone that you didn't get on with. And it, it would be. It's almost impossible. Yeah, I think because um, we're together twelve hours a day, every day. Yeah, you know, we might get one day off in the week. We have to share hotel rooms. We have to travel in the van all over the country. You know, if you didn't get on with the person, I don't think I don't think it'd be possible. I think one of you would leave. Yeah, you know, and I think it helps that we've both come into the role as fans that we're already working at the club in different areas. I think that that's kind of helped a bit. But no, we, we get on. We have a good laugh. That's the secret, I guess, because football can be a stressful game, can't it? And I would imagine the pressure on you to get the kit sorted properly must be immense, really. Because how many things do you have to think about? It's not just a short socks and shirt, is it? There's a lot more to it than that. There's so much. Like I can't, I couldn't even list all the things that we have to do. So, for example, we have a transit van, and it is full to the back when we go away. There's so much gear that has to go when we travel that everything for every department as well. So you have analysts; they have a lot of equipment. You have your sports scientists; they have a lot of stuff. You have your medical stuff that all comes with us. So yeah, there's there's a lot of stuff, and if anything's left or lost or forgotten then that's on me and Jonah so yeah there is a pressure to to get things right and make sure everything's there so in terms of uh, what if it, you turn up at a ground does this ever happen we've seen it before where Swindon are sort of using they somehow have the same kind of socks as the team the other team that they're playing and, and what happens in that instance because we've seen over the years I'm not saying in your time but over there, soon they're wearing some strange combinations because there's been a colour clash. Yeah, we had one strange combination during the League One season. Portsmouth away, because they have red socks, white shorts and a blue top. Right. And our away kit was blue that season. Okay, yes it was, yeah. So we had to wear the home shirt with the away shorts and socks. So we had red top with black and blue shorts. Did you know that in advance? So we get, we have to submit what kit we're going to wear I think it's seven days is the cut-off before the game. Right. So the opposition obviously do the same thing. So we know what they're going to wear before we leave. 
so we can make sure that we've got the right the right kit. And that's all um, like agreed with the EFL, the refs, everybody. So that there's no clashes. And the time has come for the golden ticket, I think. When, uh, well, I applaud you because it must be an amazing amount of work you have to do. And uh, then there's the clearing up afterwards, of course. Uh, oh, the clear up. Which I really don't want to go into too much. But uh, <laughs> It's okay, to be fair. Like, the lads are really good this year. Um, and most years, to be honest. They're really good. We have set areas that people have to put their stuff. And then we can just scoop it all up and... And pack up the van and, and come home, sort of thing. But, oh, we've got we've got two that have come as full kit. Yes. People. Have you got your boots on as well. Uh, are they boots? They they're pretty specially dazzly white boots. Yeah. Whatever they are. So. I, I, to be fair, I thought I would, but uh, I didn't want to show them up. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I was going to come in my work here, but I thought, no, <laughs> no we won't do that. I've, you know, I've got a Devon Walking Football League Championship medal, you know what I mean? I, just, I don't want to show exactly that. There's only two of them, give it to both. Yeah. <laughs> come on, Adam. I'm not sure who won that. I think they both did. No, they both did. Fair enough. There was there was two that turned up in full kits, so yeah. they both get to play in the second half. Oh, Perfect. Bit, I would imagine it's a bit chilly now, quite frankly, out there. Um, I think one of them is Mitchell, uh, who is a regular uh, appearer on our Monday night panel. It's, oh, is it? Yes. So maybe in the months to come, we'll ask him how it felt to play on there. And also, we should say, of course, Ali Willits is back, isn't she? And uh, after the birth of her second child. She's such an important member of the backroom staff, isn't she? Yeah, I mean, like the same with well, everybody. It's, it's, a, it's the whole group, do you know what I mean? It's not just, just me or just Jonah or just Ali or any of them, really. It's, it's the whole group that make it, you know? But yeah, massively important. Like, she's got to keep everyone fit. <laughs> yeah, you just can't keep, keep everyone on the pitch. Yeah, well, that's the job, isn't it? Yeah, exactly that. Yeah, it's a massively important role. Yeah, incredible. Well, people are just having a little bit of a break before the second half will get underway. Goodness knows who will play in the, in the second half. I've absolutely no I've idea. lost track. They're yeah. all wearing different numbers. Yeah, who knows no. who they are? I've no idea. But anyway, it doesn't really matter because we're all here for a very good cause to raise money for research into type 1 diabetes. And uh, Summer Caddis, who got the illness at a very young age, is out there bouncing around with her sister. And that's great to see. And cartwheels so, all over the place. Yeah, fabulous. So that's great news. And people enjoying themselves, I think it's fair to say. It's not the sort of usual Saturday afternoon where you're sitting here worrying about every single moment of a game with a... The town can see from a corner or they give away a penalty or will they get a winning goal or whatever it is. It's just a, an evening of football with no pressure on. So a night to be enjoyed. How do you feel about it? Are you there as a fan or as a, as a somebody who's doing a job during a game? Uh, 
it's difficult. So it depends. Do you know what it depends on? Especially away games. It depends on where they allow us to sit. So some games will be on the bench. Other games will be sat behind the bench. Other games will have to go to the away end. The games where we go to the away end, we're fans. Yes. <laughs> from about the eighth minute until about the 42nd minute. And then, <laughs> and then again from about the yeah, 50th yeah. minute to, to whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Then we're fans, you know. Um, yeah. And we, we have the van drive home, don't we? So we can be fans all the way home. Absolutely. <laughs> so you can moan as much as yeah. the rest of us. We can say whatever we want on the yeah. way back in that van. Yeah. But, yeah. I have to say, that's one of the great things about away trips on the bus, on the supporters' bus. You can moan all the way up there and probably moan all the way back, and it's great. You yeah. Know? Yeah. <laughs> There's nothing better, though, is there, than travelling no. the country to watch the football team. Absolutely not. But you, you make relationships with people that otherwise you wouldn't normally make. Quite right. You know? Yeah. And they can last for a lifetime. Yeah. So I've, I've got mates now, we have group chats and those groups of friends are purely from coming to watch Swindon. Absolutely so, right. So, yeah. Yeah, we sit next to uh, a, a, a Terry and Phil who have been uh, sitting next to us for years and years and years and yeah. it's great, you know, because we can have a laugh and enjoy a game of football and whatever the result, alright, you want Swindon to win but you can, you know, I remember one game out here against Brentford. It was a particularly dull game. And we spent most of the evening talking about Brentford Nylons, which is, again, something you won't remember. But there used to be an advertisement every Sunday night about Brentford Nylons, bed sheets and all that kind of stuff. Right. Yeah. And, and then talk about EastEnders, talk about everything. You know, yeah. that's another great part of football, isn't it? You just talk it. Yeah. So we, we always had a routine. We'd get the bus up, because I live in Devizes. So we'd get the bus up. We'd walk to the frying fish chippy, which is now Magic Chippy. Yeah, yeah. And we'd get our football special. Yeah, and then you'd come over to the ground, and that was what we did every game. So going to the frying fish and getting your chips with your mates, and it was all part of the experience of a match day on a home day. Yes, um, and those things you, you don't forget doing it, you know, and you don't forget things like with Dean on a whatever night that was when it rained uh, in the playoffs, no. you know, and we've all gone in shorts and t-shirts because it was the middle of summer. Yeah, I know. It's absolutely hammered down. Yeah. we got there. Yeah, you know, it was awful. And uh, I managed to get a parking space, which I think was illegal. Luckily, I didn't get booked for it. But yeah, what a horrible night that was. Night. And Adam Virgo, yeah. I should never forget that moment. Well, and there he is on the telly most weeks. Yes, now. he is. <laughs> he was co-commentating on the playoff final in the National League yesterday. Yeah, yeah I could hear his voice, and I'm thinking, <laughs> "Cheers, mate." Yeah. <laughs> What a game that was yesterday, by the way. Oh, it's fabulous. What a game. Incredible. Yeah, it's absolutely. good to have Notts County back as well. Some great swimming connections, of course. Matt Palmer, who was yeah. playing for County. Uh, yeah, John I spoke to him yesterday before Did the you? game. Yeah. I thought he had a terrific game yesterday. He's excellent, John Bostock, of course, who's now made two Wembley appearances, both against Chesterfield. Chesterfield, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Luke Williams, who I see has been linked with the Reading job. Yeah, I saw that today. It'd be a shame yeah. if he left, but... You know, it's Reading, isn't it? It's a big club, it's a big opportunity. So yeah. if he does do it, fair play to him. But like, it'd be a shame for Notts County because I feel like they're building something. You know? Obviously, club. we relegated them here. Yeah, we did. You know, that, that was when they went down, was when we beat them here. They, they scored first, if I remember yeah. rightly. And we had nothing to play for. No. 1-3-1? One, one. Yeah. yeah. That was the end of my first season in the job, I right? <laughs>
correct from when Paul Ince played for us? Must have been 2006, yes. I reckon. We scored first. Yeah, I think. What, oh, what's Paul, Paul Smith. Smith. Paul Smith. Cracking free yeah, grips. Scored yeah. a 40-yard free yeah. kick, didn't he? Yeah. yeah. In fact, we we thought at that point we were going to go on to complete, uh, com- maintain a 100% record because we won every game up yeah. to then. Yeah, Wrexham and Notts County back in the Football League next season. Uh, so it'll be an interesting campaign. Some good away days. And one new ground for me next season. Which one's that? Morecambe. Oh. The only one I, I didn't have any new ones this season. And uh, yeah, one new one. Oh, of course, because you went to Wimbledon in the COVID year, didn't yeah, you? Yeah, of course. Sadly, no new ones this season for me. Um, so, but I must be the only person on the planet who, when you go to Morecambe, did not find the Eric Morecambe statue. Oh, really? No. We looked and looked and looked. We didn't see you it. You can find it. So, this season, hopefully, we'll get that done. I'll tell you what I'll do, Vic. Me and Jonah will go and find it. We'll take a picture. <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> <laughs> we always tried to do something fun on an away game. Yeah, quite right. So, like, when we went to Hartlepool... Um, this year um, we stayed in Middlesbrough so we walked over well here's an interesting one so when we got to the hotel because we get there a bit later than the players uh, all the food had gone so there was no food so we were like right we'll just walk down to Mackey's we've gone down to McDonald's and we found an Indian so we've just gone oh should we go and have an Indian so we've just sat in an Indian restaurant for an hour and a half yeah. <laughs> <Fair> <laughs> and then the next morning we went over to the Riverside Stadium and had a little look around before we went off to Hartlepool to set up for the game very good now, we, we went to the social club at Hartlepool, which is a very, very great thing to do. A uh, lovely bunch of people. And uh, as the second half has kicked off, by the way, and I've absolutely no idea who's out there uh, playing. Brian Howard's wearing number 18. Now, Ivo He's Graham is playing. Uh, He's running towards yeah. the penalty area. Number four on his back. And uh, Mildenhall makes the save at the near post. See, Mildy's one of them. He's been moaning all day that he don't want to play, he can't do this. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Now he's out Still there. out there. Now he's out there. He ain't coming off, is he? No. <laughs> No, the Hartlepool Social Club, a lovely place to be, and they did this weird thing called the egg cracking contest. Absolutely no idea what it was about, but never mind. Here's a chance for the Reds, then they're coming forward into the penalty area. Great tackle. Lovely tackle. Shot coming in, and it's wide of the post. So it remains 2-0, and we've had less than a minute of the second half. The Paul Cannis team still leading by two goals to nil. Jonah's now at centre-back. Dean McMacken is alongside him. So, Brian Howard, what a, a great old player for the town he was, in that, in that Andy King team, of course, wasn't he? Yeah, him, Sammy Igo. Yeah, oh, Sammy Igo. Rory Fallon, yeah. Sam Parkin. Good team, that. Paul Hunt, great ball through. Chance for another one. Here's the chance for his shot. Good block by the keeper. Goes behind. 3-7. Three three Sorry? 3-7 three is a stunning goal. Is it? Yeah. Why isn't Reese Evans in goal then? He... Uh, I think he had something else on ah. tonight. He, he normally would. Um, but yeah. And his son's actually got type 1 diabetes. Oh, well, 
absolutely a great thing for him to do then. Fabulous. Right, now let's see what the all Oh, fantastic effort from some distance, but that's not going to be a problem for Phil Smith. I'm not terribly sure what's going on in the I dugout. I don't know what's going on in the dugout. I think they're just passing the microphone. Oh, on. fair enough. Jonah Isaacs, nice ball onto this near side. Really nice ball. Fell over as he did it. <laughs> no, Brian Howard's still got it. Yeah. That was a great team, wasn't it? Yeah. Really enjoyable to watch. Great team. And the Nicholas comes across and plays it back. And oh, oh, uh, a loose ball out. I'll always remember the Roy Fallon bicycle kick at that end. No one will ever forget it. It's interesting. I was uh, I worked for Radio Devon for some years, and then this character was being uh, interviewed next door, and I thought, that's Rory Because he, he ran an ice cream firm near, in Isaacbridge, uh, near Plymouth. And so I then said to the presenter, you must have a look at this goal. And she had no interest in football whatsoever. But it's a beautiful thing, isn't it? I hear what Paul Caddis has to say. offside didn't like that because he wasn't because Jonah had dropped 15 yards <laughs> <laughs> I was playing everyone onside and the line still put his flag up um, <laughs> Woody from Toy Story has disappeared Darth Vader is now with us down below it's weird how you never see those two together it's very strange very strange yeah very strange indeed I know it must be very difficult to hear what they're doing on the tannoy, but it's uh, Michael Timlin, I think, uh, Hannes is talking to at the moment. Oh, Brian Howard's caught out. Brian Howard has lost the ball. Here's an opportunity, perhaps. Ivo Graham is sprinting into the penalty area, but not fast enough. And so that will be cleared away. He's more of a distance. I think that's... Yeah. I think it's fair to say. He's on two at the moment. I mean, it must be an exhausting thing to do. And... To stand up and try to make people laugh must be a very difficult thing to do. But he is very, very good at it. When you get an opportunity to see uh, Ivo Graham, go do it, because he's uh, very, very good. And he's a massive Swindon fan. He is a massive Swindon fan, yes. He's uh, on Taskmaster at the moment. Oh, it's an opportunity for the first for the Whites, and it's in. Great goal. Luke Haynes it is. Smashes it past Phil Smith into the back of it. Oh, it's Mildy, sorry. <laughs> yes, I do apologise. Maybe he wouldn't mind if I said it was Phil Smith. Yeah, maybe not. Yeah, we'll pretend it's Phil. Smith. <laughs> yeah. He's back on. Paul Caddis has come back. Yeah, uh, Steve Mildenhall beaten. It was a great shot into the far corner. And so it's 2 1. Luke Haynes had a great time at Harrowfield, hasn't he? Yeah. He's just left, but he's had an exceptional couple of years, I think. 
So I'm just trying to count how many whites are on at the minute. 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12. Okay, I make it. The one's just come off. So that means they have 13 on. Yes. To be fair, I think the referee's as confused as we are. So, oh, he's just playing anyway. Yeah, he's playing along with it. Yeah. <laughs> I just heard Mildy shout, we're 2 1 up anyway. It yeah. doesn't matter. Here's yeah. <laughs> Oggy Hunt looking for his hat trick, but uh, that's quickly cut out. Maybe the Whites can come back into this and uh, get the equaliser, but Jonah Isaac, classy ball out onto this near side for Paul Caddis. Plays the ball forward. Is that an offside flag coming up? No, it's not. Referee says play on. Great cross into the penalty area. Just a bit too shot will come in, but it's shanked behind, and that'll be a goal kick to the All Star eleven or twelve or possibly thirteen. Who knows? Who knows? Eh? But it doesn't matter, does it? No. Oh, so Ferry's come back on. I feel like 2, 4, 6, 8, 10, 11, 12. Yeah. Now the Reds have got 12 on. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. So when, were your, when was your first year here? Uh, 1819. So, oh, offside flag. Um, Club's lowest finish. Yeah, I'm just trying 13th? to think. 13th. 13th, yeah. Yeah. Well, our lowest, I think it's 17th, um, way, way back in the 80s. But 1819, just take us, just remind an old chap of the manager, was at that time? Uh, Richard Wellens come in halfway through, so like November, so it's Phil Brown at the start. Oh, Phil Brown. And then he left. And then, yeah, Richie come in. And we started literally a couple of weeks after Richie did. Oh, right. Okay. So I never worked with Phil Brown. It was, it was Richie from the start. So. And uh, Callum's in goal. Callum Knowles in goal has taken over from Steve Mildenhall. So he's come in. And his first challenge is to pick the ball up as it's pleasing for penalty. Now, Luke Haynes tells me Callum, at a younger age, was a very, very good goaler. So we shall see. We shall see. <laughs> so Phil Brown must be one of the rare exceptions here to actually win a cup tie and get sacked the next day. Because yes. remember we beat York City and then he got sacked the next day. It wasn't a great period of the club's history, though, was it? It was no, all a bit, wasn't bit flat and a bit. You know. No, it wasn't great at all, was it? But even before, before that, it wasn't great. Who was in before? Flickhoff, was it? Yeah. Just before. Um, no, it's all a bit dark and a bit. You know, I mean, it's not been a great season this year, let's be honest, but no. there are, we hope, for brighter times ahead. Yes. So let's put it like that. Joe De Vera is being interviewed at the moment, part of that uh, Paolo Di Canio revolution. I wonder if I might get a game at one point. It was getting like... <laughs> it certainly was. That group chat was going off. I was like, oh, I'm not needed. <laughs> When I said to Hannah's earlier, I went, oh, I'm really struggling with this too. But I'm not going to be able to. I was like, and really, when you can watch Matt Taylor, and you yeah. can watch Paul Callis, yeah. and you can watch Brian Howard, yeah. who wants to see me and Jonah running around? <laughs> Do you know what I mean? <laughs> Arvo Graham's making a forward run. Yes. 
enjoyed that. Here's Simon Ferry then advancing over the halfway line. Has a chance to play it onto that far side. He does. Quite a little bit of pace on the ball, but it's well controlled. Ball played back and a, a slip up. It's uh, infield again to Simon Ferry on the left-hand side of the penalty area. Plays it forward. Still inside that white area. What would Simon Ferry do here? Looks a little drag back. Another fall over. But it's cleared away and a chance for the All-Star eleven to come over the halfway line and make progress. An offside flag would go up if it was passed now, but the pass has been delayed. An opportunity for a shot, maybe, but the opportunity and the offside flag has come up. And so, therefore, it's a free kick. Quickly taken by Marcus Fjortoft. Off onto this near side now for Paul Caddis. Recently named manager of Hereford. I wonder how you'll find the managerial side from the playing side. It'll be interesting to hear how he does find it once they get going. Because all of a sudden, as a footballer, of course, you're interested in you, aren't you? Yep. But then all of a sudden, you're interested in 23, 24, 25 people. Exactly. That. In every position. Yeah. And uh, the people that aren't involved. Yeah. And how they are and how they're reacting. Yeah. Oh, Isaac's looking good. Looking very good. I yeah, hate but he to... usually does that and gets caught out. <laughs> and then everyone goes, what are you doing? <laughs> but when it comes off... The Paul Caddis 11 with the ball on this near side. A chance. That's a great little ball. Oggy hunt it in for his hat trick. He's offside. Oh, he missed anyway. Lovely bit of football. Though. It was a lovely bit of football. I think Oggy thought he got his hat trick then. Still 2-1. We've got 56 minutes on the clock. Yeah, it must be different altogether and... I think Matty Taylor, when he, do you remember he took over for a game here? Yep. And suddenly had to work all the hours and think about all the things that come in to do with management, how players were feeling, all that kind of stuff. It must be a, an immense job to do. Massive. And going from, yeah, as you say, being a player and just having to worry about yourself into the other side of it where you've got to be the person that worries about all the players. Yeah, it's, it's a huge change, huge change. But I think Tails is definitely the right kind of person, you know, and regardless of what happened at Walsall, yeah. you know, I feel like there's bigger issues there potentially. Um, you know, I think in in time, I think he could be a really, really good manager somewhere. Well, the full Caddis 11 still leading 2-1. And not only do we manage just have to worry about players of course it's people's jobs on the line as well isn't it if a club say in the Premier League for goodness sake yeah. if a club gets relegated then you are talking about people's jobs massive yeah. jobs behind the scenes good ball right, an opportunity huge. from Paul Caddis on the right hand side he played it in but the keeper was there what did I hear the other day I heard the difference between your TV revenue in League 2 and your TV revenue in League 1 or League 1 to the Championship. Well, either way, one league is 1.6 million a season and the other league is 7.5. <laughs> Massive difference. So the difference there for clubs from going up a league or coming down a league is huge. Yes. So that has a massive impact if you get if you get relegated. Right. I think the Whites are just throwing another one on for the corner. Yeah, let's two, have a look. Four, one, six, two, eight, three, ten, four. 12. Yeah, 13. 13 plus. <laughs> <laughs> oh, brilliant. 
And uh, we're going to see the uh, the Paul Caddis 11 bring on two players as well, whether they'll take two off or not, of course. Ball in towards the near post, headed behind, another corner. Yeah, I think revenue in football, of course, we've got a new TV deal coming up, of course, the season after next. Yeah, Luke Rooney. He's wearing the 19. Ball into the penalty area, headed away by Marcus Fjorta. We're particularly looking forward the season after next, perhaps to barrel away on a Friday night at seven, or indeed on a Saturday lunchtime at twelve, as television deals go. Yeah, there's going to be a lot of games on telly, isn't there? Yeah, lots and lots of games. Yeah, of their thing. I think a lot of that will be red button on the thoughts. So potentially might not affect it as much as people are thinking, but yeah, it is what it is. I think I think the other thing that maybe I'm sure they've taken everything into consideration, but the cost of clubs. Yeah. If you're moving games to midday, you're then having to go overnight, book a hotel, all the travel that's involved in that, the food, the you know, everything that, that is involved with us going away for two days when potentially it could be a one day job. Yes. You know? Chance in, oh, Matty Taylor inside the penalty area can roll it back. Opportunity for an equaliser. Let's see what happens. Blocked by Fjortov. No, Matty Taylor still inside the box and he's got oh. the equaliser. Fires it past Callum Knowles and into the back of the net. And it's now 2 2 to the 13, possibly more players of the All Stars. Oh, and, and now the number eight's coming off again. Just <laughs> <laughs> on for the corner, back off again. And Rockin' Robin is now on. So. I'm not sure if he's going to join in the fun, but Matt Taylor has equalised. Luke Rooney coming back oh, on. The ref sent off Rockin' Robin. He's given him a red card. Oh dear, oh dear. And he looks forlorn as Rockin. Mind you, his expression never really changes, to be fair, does it? No, not really. No. Do you remember Funky Fledgling? Yes, I do remember Funky Fledgling. So, yes. in the kit room, I'll show you later, we have Funky Fledgling. Marvellous. <laughs> so, does he ever make another appearance or not? I don't think so. No, I've it's not seen just, him. It's just the head. We have nothing else. We just have this head. And occasionally, you'll walk in the kit room and someone will be sat there with Funky Fledgling's head. Yeah, that could be a bit disconcerting, couldn't it? <laughs> <laughs> They'd just be sat on the sofa with their legs on, <laughs> with his bird's head on. So, yeah, interesting. So we're back at 2-2, as these games often are. Um, let's see how it all maps up in the remaining half an hour or so. Good interception from Andy Nicholas. I think he's working at Liverpool's Academy now, isn't he? I mm -hmm. think, yeah, he's coaching up there. Well, it's been an entertaining evening, I think it's fair to say. Some of the football on display has been really good. <laughs> Danny Lee getting one in the chest from Matty Taylor. So that's got to hurt, I think it's fair to say. Ball across the face of the box. Paul Caddis, little chip to get out of danger. Simon Ferry back to Paul Caddis inside their own penalty area. Nice bit of football. Oh, 
and uh, very loses possession. Won't be happy with that. And here's Ivo Graham. Great little turn, bro. Oh, yeah. Skirting around the referee and trying a shot from distance. Doesn't go behind for the corner, though, off Luke Rooney. That does eventually go for a corner kick. Yeah, I think Ivo Graham's shown one or two little bits, hasn't he? Yeah, it's a good touch. Good turn. So how many balls have you lost over the course of a season? Not oh, many. Wow. Have um, you? Over the top of the town end? Not really. We don't it's not so much here. Because it's a relatively good sized stadium. Yeah. But when you go where's Harrogate oh. and the stands like an inch behind the goal and the stands only two inches higher than the goal. Yeah. When they miss a shot, yeah, over it it's, goes. It's in someone's garden yeah, somewhere. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's more like there and a few of the other smaller grounds around the country that we lose the balls. But to be fair, we're we're quite quite good with it. I send Joan around. Go on, Joan. Car park. Go and get that one. Go and get that one out of the car park. Always Matty Taylor. Lovely piece of play for me. Oh, it's the post. That's Ooh. magnificent. <laughs> that got the first proper ooh. Yeah, that was incredible. There. Callum had what no chance, did he, with that? What a strike. And here he is again. I think he's I think he wants a goal. I think he? he wants to win this and get a goal. a goal. Yeah, I think that's fair. Yeah. When did Jonah come back off? I must have missed that. Sat down in the dugout. Oh, three so yes. Uh, probably when they conceded the second goal since he's been on the pitch. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Harrogate, how oh, we love that. Harrogate, what a place. Well, the first appearance there was brilliant. It certainly was. Second, not so good. Our tails has just come off. Steve Mildenhall is. What's he doing? Is he going he's across to see if he can get a game the, for the other team? He's going across to speak to Matt Taylor, I think. Say hello. Make sure you're all right. Ah, uh, right, fair enough. Yeah. Is Ivo Graham again? He's uh, really marshalling things in midfield. He'll be genuinely delighted to play at the counter ground. And here he is. Oh, well, devastated. Leave that one to the. Uh, should have done better with. He thought he had a goal there, didn't he? Yes, he did. Yeah. The eyes lit up. <laughs> Born in Tokyo, strangely. Was he? Yeah. Um, but his parents. I think I knew that actually. Yeah, he. Um, his dad was, I think, in the diplomatic service. Right. That they live not too far away from Swindon, so that was when he started to become a Swindon fan. Ball down the line. And a good ball across the face of goal, but uh, comfortably taken. I think he did a piece with Michael Doughty, didn't he? Because Michael yeah. Doughty went to Harrow yeah. and uh, he went to Eton. Yes, he did. Yes. Yeah. So, yeah, they did do a piece. And, and he, he says he owns it as well. He owns the fact that he went to Eton. Yeah. He no. come in, he come in, well, he's been in a few times to be fair since we've been in the job. Just to have a look around. Yeah. Say hello to people. And, uh, top right. Shot coming up. in. Oh, that's a decent oh, hit too. Just hits the top of the bar and goes behind. Now so, Callum's got to go all the way up to the top of the front and bank to get the ball. <laughs> Give everyone a break, doesn't it? Yeah, it does, yeah. 66 minutes gone, 2-2 it is. Thank you very much indeed for being with us on this uh, 
Tom Broadbent Round special commentary. Delighted to have Steve Hooper with me in the commentary box. My name is Vic Morgan. I've been up here for some time. Although I did come up here in the COVID year when Exeter played here in the uh, Johnston's Paint Trophy. You might remember yeah. that game. Yeah. And we weren't given team sheets because, of course, nothing could be handed to you. And early in the season, you have absolutely no idea who the players are for either side. So it was a very interesting challenge, that's all I can say. Because usually you get team sheets, don't you, and all that kind of stuff. Um, I think Exeter won that night, which is disappointing, so at least. They've had a fantastic season. I, I, I went to the game with Morecambe last Saturday, yeah. Sunday rather. And here's the ball inside the box. Will it be 3 2? It's an opportunity. And it is. It's 3 2. Left it over the keeper. Back of the net. I think it's Mitchell scored it. So Mitchell Singh has got a goal at the county ground into the town in net. And it's 3 2 to the Paul Caddis team. Yeah, they, um, it was a, a game against Morecambe, which Morecambe got relegated, clearly. But that was the 12 o'clock kickoff. So, if you were coming from Morecambe to Exeter on a Sunday... Goodness me. You about to go the day before, weren't you? Yeah, pretty much. You to. They, they brought 700, though, which is Fair a greater. good following for Morecambe. Yeah, fantastic following, especially being right at the bottom. And, yeah. Know, it's really good. It was a lovely moment because Jay Stansfield got a hat-trick and, of course, his dad, course, Adam, yeah. sadly died and... One of the stands is named after him and he pointed up to the stand as he got his third goal. So a lovely moment. And it was his last game before going back to Fulham. So it all worked out very well indeed. Here's yeah. Simon Ferry. Inside the centre circle. Plays a ball far side for Callum Kennedy, but it's cut out. And uh, that attack came, comes to nothing. Ferry chasing back, trying desperately to get that ball back. Caddis is with him. And is that a corner kick it is? And Simon Ferry. <laughs> well, they, they all look a little bit, how can we put this? As though they've been in a tired as a game. <laughs> yeah, that's the word, yeah. yeah. Fatigued. Yes. <laughs> I'm not sure how often they're playing these days, of course. But it's a, it is a long game, isn't it? it certainly is. When you've not played for a while. Yeah. Here is Ferry again. Paul Hunt, though, has lasted tremendously well. And here's Lee Barnard, who's come back in around. Here is Paul Hunt again. Callum Kennedy mopping up nicely down this right-hand side. That's Mitch Singer ahead of him who uh, does a little dummy, but uh, Kennedy still has the ball. Opportunity to get the cross in, but he gets a corner. Gerald Eiffel puts the ball behind. There have been so many substitutions. I haven't noticed whether people come off or gone on again. No, I, I didn't see. I didn't. When did Gerald come back? I have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> but there he is, making a tackle, so he's definitely on. He's on. Yeah. <laughs> Here's Kennedy again. Crosses the ball in towards that far post. Oh. Just a little bit too much. It dipped at the end, but not enough. And it goes behind for the goal kick. 
So this really will be. Are there any more games here? Do you know, or is this? Uh, it? There's a few sponsor games. I think we've got a staff against media. Game. Oh right, okay. So I think maybe two, possibly three more games, and then that'll be it. And then it all gets dug up and yeah. it starts again. Yeah, and then Marcus gets to work. Yeah, digs it all up, starts it all again. I mean, when you compare pitches now to what they used to be. When I watched football in the sixties, yeah. this would have been sand, basically. Yeah. Incredible. The advance even, in even as recent as the nineties. Yeah. Some of the pitches, even at the top level, just horrific. <laughs> yeah. You know, but now like every pitch, it doesn't matter where you no, go. I think absolutely not. one of the best pitches we go on most years is Harrogate. Their pitch is incredible. Mm. So I had a walk around St James Park in Exeter the other day and I looked at it. It was like when you used to go to pre-season friendlies, you yeah, know. Yeah. And they said, "No, we're digging it up tomorrow." <laughs> it's yeah, just, it's, it's amazing. The best one I've been on is Plymouth. Plymouth's pitch is incredible, but theirs is like a half synthetic, half yeah. real grass job. But no, they're uh, in the championship, of course, next season. They've got a. It's a big gap, isn't it, financially between the league one and the championship? Yeah. Incredible gap. So how they'll fare? They've over a hundred points in League One, which is a heck of a performance. That's incredible. Sheffield Wednesday, the well, they have ninety-seven points, most points ever, not to go up all night. And they got absolutely trounced the night in the playoffs, didn't they? So, it's incredible because you didn't think Peterborough would would do that to a team like Wednesday. But is it four 0 I think so. Yeah. yeah. Here's Paul Hunt. Oh, just miscontrols it. Tries to. Shot all, well, it's not really a shot. It's an offside flag comes up. It's behind into the town end, and it will be a goal, a free kick for an offside decision. So these officials are better than what we get on a Saturday. <laughs> Score an offside there, they? <laughs> oh, referees and assistant referees. How we love them. <laughs> Who'd do it? To be fair, crazy. But fair play to them. And as I always say, whenever people say anything. No one's going out there trying to do it. No, party. absolutely not. Everyone's going out there trying to do as honest a job as they possibly yeah, can. Yeah, quite right. But it's very easy to criticise these days, isn't it? You can just yeah, type sure. out a few yeah. words and yeah. away you go. So then, let's see. Oh, the All-Star 11. Uh, the attack comes to nothing. And Callum, oh, he does that very well indeed. And that's a great... Oh, I thought he was going to go. Almost a great Almost a great ball. But here's Ivo Graham. Picks it up, edge of the box. Chris Hammond has come back on again. Part of that huddled squad. Ball down the right-hand side. Played in the box. But that's no... Oh, the ball taken away from Callum as he went to get it. But uh, now here's a chance for Paul Caddis team to come away with it again in front of the Don Rogers stand. Now it's with Simon Ferry. Simon Ferry in field to Lee Barnard. Such a weird thing to say that. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear. And a, a, perhaps a chance for a curling effort, but Callum does well. Goes down. He'll like that, won't he? Certainly will. It's a shame there's no one there. Nobody there taking a photograph. No one's got a camera. Oh dear. Oh, nice shot from Callum Kennedy. Oh, cool. Hits the crossbar. Well, would have done one in the... Yeah, that would have done one in the crossbar challenge, wouldn't it? Goodness me. 
I think they showed one. Uh, I saw the first well part of the commentary game today, and they showed somebody trying to do that. It was one of the things they do at halftime, yeah. and I think he got it from the halfway line, just over the end of the centre circle. So <laughs> it didn't go very far, but it's not an easy thing to do, is not it? At it's a long way. Substitution taking place. Remains 3-2. We've got 15 minutes to go. Thank you very much indeed for joining us on this uh, evening, this special evening, here at the county ground. I think the floodlights are on. I can't really see. I don't know from here. No. Yeah, they are. Yeah. Because you can see by the shadows. Oh, the shadows. Of, the of course, there are four shadows yeah. from most players. Yes. Quite right. Well done. Well spotted. Paul Bowden is coming back on. Zippy. For his last time. His last game. I, I, what a great player. Played uh, two um, periods at Swindon Town. Was sold when the, the club needed some money, but came back. It was at Crystal Palace, of course, but what a legendary player he is. Such a nice bloke as well. Whenever you see Paul Bowden, he'll have a chat. And it's, uh, Am I right in thinking he scored a penalty at Old Trafford against Man United yeah, in the Premier League? Yeah, he did. Yeah. yeah. In that yellow and sky that blue kit. Brazilian type yeah. shirt, yeah. We'll call it Brazilian. Yeah, we won't call it any other <laughs> reference to any other team in yellow. <laughs> um, yeah, a nice kit that, wasn't it? It was. It was very you nice presumably kit. you've got some of it, have you? Yeah, we've got uh, the, the shirt hanging in the kit room. We've got Craig Maskell's home shirt from that have season you? as well in the kit room. We need to lock that place up. Oh, that's a great ball. It's Oggy Hunt inside the penalty area. But it was Devera who got the header in before we could make anything of it. And so that chance for his hat trick has gone. Have you, what happens to the players' Wembley shirts? They keep them, presumably, do they? I mean, yeah. I mean, any like, major game yeah. where there's a special shirt, the players players will keep hold of them. Um, we have Ben Gladwin's playoff shirt from 2015 in the kit room because he gave that to us um, when he was leaving. He brought it in as a little heart and gift. So that was nice of him. That uh, game against Sheffield United remains the most bonkers game of football I've ever oh, seen. Incredible. That's a great shot. That's a great save. Callum Knowles pushed that over the top of the bar. That's a fantastic save. Really well hit shot. And he just turned it over for a corner. Luke Haynes with the strike. Brilliant effort. Yeah, that, they that, need a ball, guys. That first 17 minutes against Sheffield United was just bonkers. Madness. And uh, I've watched it again recently because it was, they keep. Showing, showing it on it, Sky, Sky yeah. 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 yeah, bonkers game of football. And you, Nigel Clough, is that one moment when he just collapses into the dugout, as if to say, yeah. what is going on yeah. here? What else have we got to do? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. And there are players who played in that team, if you've gotten played for Swindon. You know, it's that sort of game, isn't it? And, yeah. Uh, but what we, a night. We see Michael Smith playing for Sheffield Wednesday. Yeah, yeah. well, what a career he's had since yeah. he's left. Incredible. Paul Mullin. <laughs> yeah, oh, amazing! Well. What a what Obviously a season! He wasn't involved in 2015, but yeah, yeah, one season with us, didn't he? Yeah. Just always have visions of him in that green kit. Yeah, I don't know why. Whenever I see that kit, I think of Paul Mullen. What a season he's had! Yeah, incredible. To be fair, like the last three or four, even at Cambridge, he leading scorer in the goal scorer. Yeah, when they got promoted, and then. Scored a ridiculous amount of goals in the National League for Exxon. And we'll see him next year. We will. There's talk of them making a movie about him, um, which would be quite interesting. 
offside flag comes up. Is it fair to say the game's drifting a little bit? A little bit, yes. Yeah, <laughs> very open. <laughs> I think legs are becoming tired. I think you've got a lot of time on the ball. Yeah. Can they level it up then? Uh, the All Star 11 or 13, whatever the number is these days. Whatever they've decided to put on. Chip into the box, near post, good ball, played across the. Knowles is there again. Well, terrific performance from him. Here's Simon Ferry bursting through midfield, but then stops. Lee Bonard leaves the ball on that far side of the field. Memorable day at Mansfield with Lee Bernard. I was lucky enough to commentate on that day. What a day it was. And uh, I'll always remember at the end of the game him saying, look at those people over there, hanging off trees. It was incredible. Throw in on that far side then for the All-Star 11. Joe Devera plays it off to Ivo Graham. Graham does well. And plays it far side. Here's Paul Bowden. Bowden, lovely ball inside the fullback. Didn't quite reach its target, but you could see what he was trying to do. Welsh international, of course. Played with great distinction for his country. Mitchell Singh takes it on his chest very nicely too. Here's Simon Ferry. Plays it off onto the far side. Mitchell Singh again plays a ball infield with his right foot. It's a decent ball. And Gerald Eiffel goes to ground <laughs> against a player who's somewhat smaller than him. Somewhat is... smaller, yeah. Mm. I don't know what's happened there. I think he's misjudged it. <laughs> Here's Bowden looking to play it forward. And in the final 10 minutes of this game now, it remains 3-2 to Paul Cadiz's 11. And here is Cadiz on this near side, getting the ball now. And Kennedy makes his way down this right flank, attacking the town end. The linesman alongside him, as are two players. But Kennedy has the speed to get into the box, looks to play it back. Still can play it back. Good save by the keeper. Ivo Graham back heads it outside the penalty area. Here's Paul Cadiz, right-hand side, looking to chip it in. Now has space to cross it, does so low. Here's Simon Ferry enters the box, leaves it for Lee Barnard. Halfway inside, the All-Stars 11 half, and the ball will be crossed in again from that left-hand side. Paul Hunt plays it back. Simon Ferry, perhaps. No. The ball is eventually cleared away by Gerald Eiffel. Ball goes up in the air. Here's Simon Ferry. Paul Hunt, still after that hat-trick, is Oggy. And Kennedy inside the penalty. A lovely goal. That's a beautiful curling effort into the far corner, and that makes it 4 2. That was a great effort. Really good, really good football all around. Kept the ball really, really well. Well, that was a lovely effort into the far corner of the net. Keeper, no chance. 4 2. Arms aloft. He liked that, I think. He enjoyed that moment. Certainly did. Been looking for it for a while, hasn't he? So it looks like another mass substitution is about to take place. And we're going to get the two competition winners that turned up in their full kits. <laughs> They're going to get some minutes on the pitch. I mean, I get it if you're a kid, but you're a fully grown adult, mate. <laughs> <laughs> oh, fair play to him. Yeah, fair, fair play. play to him. Ivo Graham's coming off. 
He's doing all right, isn't he? Yeah, he's done well. So, well, we'll get him in for pre-season. <laughs> <laughs> Do you think Mike Flynn's here spotting any talent tonight? Or... I don't think he's here, no, to be honest with you. Dean McMacken comes on again. Marcus Fjortoff's about to come back on again. Paul Hunt will sit down. He gets a round of applause, there's Paul Hunt, because he's, he's done really well. Limited opportunities in the first team but, uh, when he was here as a player, but always one of the great characters of Swindon Town Football Club. And we have just seven minutes to go. It's getting a bit chilly up here now, isn't it? It's, uh... Yeah, a little bit. Gerald Eiffel onto this far side, near side rather, and uh, it's 4 2 the Paul Caddis team. He's got some fancy boots, doesn't he? <laughs> See, what happened to black boots then? What, what happened to them? They don't exist anymore unless you're a coach. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, no, no players have them really. No, it's no, weird, isn't it? None at all. The flashiest, you know, when I was playing, the flashiest ones you got were those Patrick ones with the three stripes down the side. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, the club will be everybody. I've got Matt Taylor. Matt Taylor getting a great reception. And here's a chance for Marcus Fjortoft. Good save from the keeper, though. Headed towards goal, and the keeper comes up the side. This so you can't really hear what he's saying, but uh, what a player he is! Incredible. Hit the bar, didn't he, with that that post yeah. with that shot? He would have loved to have scored tonight, I'm sure. Did he score? Oh, he did score. Yes. Oh, he did score, didn't he? Yeah, he got the equaliser. Yeah, yes, that's right. Lee Barnard plays it onto that far side then as uh, Paul Caddis's team look to get a fifth, but that's a loose ball and he goes in to touch on that far side. Paul Caddis not too happy with that, I think, looking at him. Look, <laughs> not too happy, does he? Matt Taylor, you might remember when he first came here, there was a picture on social media of him at Wembley wearing a certain yellow shirt because he lives in that county, doesn't he? He certainly does. And um, he got a bit of stick for that, but he soon run over the fans, I think it's safe I, to say. I think, yeah, I think it's safe to say. With a few more goals. Here's Simon Ferry, thinks about the shot. He's on the edge of the penalty area, lays it onto the far side. Ball will come across the face of goal and Joe Devera gets in there with the interception and puts it out for a throw on this near side. Paul Caddis comes across. Good bit of pre-season training for him, I guess, isn't it, this? That's for Simon Ferry. Plays it back to Caddis. That was Simon Ferry. To Callum Kennedy. Callum Kennedy back to Simon Ferry. Ball forward. 
but we're approaching the final three or four minutes now. I don't think the referee will be hanging on with too much injury time somehow. Will you? Uh, I would think he'll probably blow up pretty much. You'd imagine as soon as it hits the 90, he'll be blowing his whistle. Callum Kennedy then, who, who scored with that lovely curling effort into the corner of the net. And a decent hit from distance, but it's blocked. I'm not sure how many players the All-Star teams have gone on at the minute, but there seems to be a lot of them. 10, 12, 14, 15. 15 players. 15 players on the pitch. Ball across the 4v2 in every area of the pitch. <laughs> <laughs> there suddenly seems to be an awful lot. De Vera plays it back. It's a loose ball, though. Oh, oh. And the opportunity was there for the young golden ticket winner. But he didn't quite take it. What's the referee given here? What's he... Is he given a... It's a back pass. Hmm. Is it a back pass? I, I don't really know. To be I honest. don't really know what he's done. He's blown his whistle. He's given a free kick to the Reds. Yes. But for what? I'm not terribly sure. Because if it was a back pass, it was intercepted, wasn't it? And anyway. Okay. He's decided it. it's a free kick inside the penalty area. Referees, eh? Is it? Uh, I'm confused. So am I. <laughs> not well, I have I. been most of the evening, to be yeah, fair. Yeah, I'm confused. Ooh, that's Ooh. a great hit, too. <laughs> Paul Caddis thought he might score there. It was a, a lift up into the air and a, a Paul Caddis shot which just went narrowly wide of the post. And I'm... How many is... We think 15, but it may be more than that. Could be more. Rockin' Robin's back out there. Oh, he is in. Even though he was sent off. Yes. Yeah, I think this is a typical charity game ending, quite Two, frankly. Four, six, eight, ten, twelve, fourteen... They've got 16 players on the pitch. Well, Ivo Graham wants to get back on as well. Look. So, uh... <laughs> Where's Tails? Has he gone? Yeah, Jonah's just gone down the tunnel. So I think Tails has gone down the tunnel. There's, what, what is it? 16 v 12? Oh, and it's 6-2. Uh, 4-5-2, oh, It's Marcus been... Fjortoft with the aeroplane uh, sign up into the stand. So it's 5-2. Marcus Fjortoft gets the goal. And... Uh, well, there we are. The old aeroplane sign is back at the county ground. I suppose it was always going to happen, wouldn't it? Well, you'd think so. <laughs> There's a fuel soft on the pitch at the county ground. <laughs> it should be a goal. Ivo Graham's on. Oh, and uh, the Cadiz youngsters are coming on as well. So... We are approaching the end of the game in 30 seconds. Oh, everyone's coming Everyone's on. coming on, so... Everyone's coming on. I don't think I've ever seen a football match like this, but uh, hey, who cares? Everyone's on the pitch, love it. <laughs> Apart from Oggy. <laughs> Robin's gone back He's on He's gone, again. no thanks. Uh, referee must be looking at his watch, because that is the 90 minutes up. And it's with Callum Nervels, and uh, the referee's still not blown his whistle, so uh, I'm not sure how much he's uh, given in terms of stoppages. But we've seen a few tough score again at the county ground, which is uh, a notable thing to see. And the Caddish youngsters reappear on the pitch. 
So any moment now, I would think the referee might call... Oh, that's an offside, surely. Referee allows play to go on. One of the full kick players has an opportunity. Inside the box, tries to shot, and it's wide of the target. So, Paul Caddis has both his daughters alongside him. So, if I was the referee, I'd blow his whistle pretty quickly, wouldn't you? Yeah, I think I'd probably blow his whistle. And I'd be done with it, because we're already in. Over over the three minutes allotted uh, stoppage time. <laughs> Which is customary at every single match for football. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well. You say that. I was at the Exton Morgan game the other day. It was 14 minutes. That's incredible. At the end of the second half. And what, it, what had happened? Nothing. And you could hear a collective 14 minutes <laughs> from the entire crowd. Uh, we often do that. Seven? Where's got seven from? Uh, now you just hear Mildy. Seven? <laughs> 14 minutes. I've never seen that before. Not unless there is a serious yeah. injury. Which... Or it's the World Cup. Yeah with VAR, yeah. but neither of those things happened, so nobody was really sure what happened. And all you could hear people talking about when they were walking out the ground was, 14 minutes? Where did he get that from? Incredible. Well, he's perhaps he's just going to let them play on. Uh, and, uh, Maybe Kaz is just going to run through everyone. And a small boy has appeared. <laughs> I'm not really sure who that is. Have any idea who that small boy is? No, no idea. No. And, well, various people. Is he playing until Cad scores, or maybe what are we doing? Or maybe the the daughters will score. Who knows? Go on, then. here we go. Here's an opportunity. Oh, and Gerald Eiffel falls over rather theatrically. Here's an opportunity. Oh, and that'll be no. In it goes. Yeah, and that's six two. And I think it's Summer who scored it, so that's appropriate enough, yeah, isn't lovely, it? Lovely, lovely. Yeah, yeah. That will uh, finish the game off nicely. Yeah. Well done, Summer Caddis getting the goal. Quite appropriately enough. Now I would imagine that is the end of the game. So the Paul Caddis eleven won by six goals to two against the All Star twenty three. Look at Jonah, watch. He's just come out to get the balls. He's come out for no other reason other than to make sure that those balls are not stolen. Look, Fantastic. and now he's going straight back down the tunnel with the ball. Brilliant. That's really good. I got him well trained. <laughs> well, thank you very much, Steve. I've very much enjoyed your company. Thank you very much, Steve, for being alongside me. It's been a football match with a difference, I think it's fair to say. But uh, enjoyable nonetheless. And... Uh, I hope those of you listening have got something from tonight's game, even though we had absolutely no idea what was no going on for the majority on. of the game. But that's all right. We've had a good time. Yeah, we, we have. Yeah. We've had a great time. Yes, we have. So, Paul Caddish is now about to say thank you to the crowd, I think. That's the same thanks to everyone. Yes, he is. And getting a great round of applause too. So, here we are.
Fabulous night. So I hope you've enjoyed it. Thank you very much indeed for being with us. And uh, we've had a lot of fun. I think the players have had a lot of fun. I think the crowd's had a lot of fun. So have a lovely Sunday evening and we'll say good night for now. Thank you very much. Bye-bye.